What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to another episode of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. We're up to what? Episode 58 now. That's insane. I'm being joined by the hardest working man on the internet and producer of this show, my co-host, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? I work too hard. I don't get paid enough. Bro, don't pay it's, me enough. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I don't pay you anything. It's insane. I, I've, Bilal has been working on all these scenes and graphics, and you can look actually how clean the, the Twitch channel looks right now and this whole overlay with our socials popping in and out. He sends me a text message at, what was it, 4.30 in the morning, something like that, the other night, and was yeah. like, hey, I did your scenes. When I talked to him, was like, all I need is me in a box and one line underneath that has my socials. I don't need anything else. And then he sends me something like this. And so, I mean, listen, I appreciate it. And I, I couldn't ask for a better producer. Hey, but you know what? We got to use it yesterday. Uh, you got to stream some fun stuff out from Xbox, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But, you know, uh, we've got an audience. We're trying to grow this thing out. That should be a lot of fun. So I can't wait to see where this goes. And I'm pumped because we have guests again this week. Yeah, I mean, we got a packed house. Let's go ahead and get into it. Once again, we're being joined by Race after taking a week off. What's up, Race? Hello, hello. It's good to be back. The, the difference in two weeks is phenomenal, Bilal. So your hard work is paying off. Um, yeah, you t I mean, honestly, the difference in one week is phenomenal considering the kind of nightmare we had to start off the live stream last week. Oh, yeah. And joining us for the first time is Ali. What's up, Ali? Hey, uh, there's a lag, so it sounds like I'm really slow to respond, but I'm on it. I don't know what's going on. I have a Mac. I already apologize for that. I'm glad I could talk about video games. <laughs> nah, nah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll be fine. And our, after, you know, Like I said, we've had some technical issues in the past, and our uh, community so far is, is, is pretty understanding and forgiving. But at least it's your first time on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, what do you do for a living and what kind of games are you normally into? I am a video editor slash photographer slash graphic designer slash I'm a freelancer for creative stuff. And I work for a place called Pillars Fund and they do a bunch of cool stuff. We just announced some stuff with Riz Ahmed that we're doing. And outside of that... I used to play a lot of RPGs growing up because I had one sister who would not do a single thing involving video games if, if it had to save her life. So I played RPGs uh, and I played quite a bit and I grew up kind of addicted to just playing every single console's RPGs that they had to offer. Then I realized that I only played about 1% of them. So what I have now is a Retroid Pocket trying to go back through... <laughs> Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1, and maybe maybe some Dreamcast to see what I missed out on and uh, just get through retro games because I, I don't have too many modern games anymore. So I'm just going to go through in bed and just playing uh, Valkyrie Profile, and, and that's my move right now. He All says right. this while he owns a PS5. <laughs> I did, I did, I did I mean, get a PS5 on The man's on not day. playing the PS5. The man's not playing the PS5. The, so I did get two PS5s on launch uh, day. But, um, I mean, let's be honest. What, what is out there that's, like, really, really, really to die for a PlayStation 5, not including June 11th, where I wanted to get both those games, Ratchet & Clank and Guilty Gear Strive, neither RPGs, but pretty dry year so far. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I think it's a dry year so far across the board, uh, which actually brings us into what we're going to be talking about this week is ending that drought. We had this past weekend a little bit of a gamer holiday in the form of the E3 Electronic Expo. Oh, it is Electronic Entertainment Expo, right? That's what the E3 yeah. actually stands for. Something along those lines happened. And it, first off, was way too many days long, but also had a ton of news. So normally, those familiar with the podcast, this is the part where we would talk about what we've been playing lately. But we're going to skip that completely because there's just too much news to cover. There's four of us on the show and our podcast already run long as is. So we're just going to go ahead and get right into the news. And so what we'll do is we'll break down the bigger conferences. We'll go over everything that was announced, and then we'll also talk about... We'll give our impressions on it and the kind of stuff that we're looking forward to. Well, so, But, you know, I'm, I'm really glad we're talking about these conferences because, you know, Sony came out and really ended this drought for the PS5, right? Uh, no. <laughs> Let's go ahead and, and get into this. So the very first thing that we had and what kind of kicked it all off was... Uh, Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest live, the opening of it. And this whole Summer Game Fest thing is kind of a, a mess, in my opinion, just because all it is is really, at least last year, all it was was basically a calendar, right? With, hey, this is when people are doing what they're doing. And I understand the need for it last year when there was no E3. There weren't, people weren't having in-person conferences, and I mean, they're still not, but there wasn't it was more sporadic than it is now, right? Now it is back to being kind of this long weekend. That being said, his opening night was one of the better conferences of the show. And so it makes me feel like maybe we just got to get to the point where Jeff Keighley is partnering with E3 because his organizational skills are much needed over there. I think he should just kill E3 and make Summer Game Fest take over. I think it's just better that way. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's heading in that direction. There, like, there, there was a lot of drama around how E3 was done this year because with Twitch being as big as it is and live reaction streams streams being big, you know, you have outlets covering it, doing a commentary over them. And then E3 comes out and is like, hey, we only have limited spots for co official co-streaming. You might get a DMCA, which is already a problem uh, with Twitch and like the music industry and so just having it for covering a video game event just sounds even more preposterous um, so like even Jeff Keighley himself um, was given a notice like hey you can stream this of, uh, out of your own accord uh, but just like be cautious someone might come after you it's a possibility um, so it, it was just really strange to see all that um, up front so if Summer Games Fest is the future so be it yeah, so one thing, we're not there yet, but one thing I do want to point out, and since you brought up the DMCA stuff, is that Microsoft got ahead of their conference and did say, hey, we did everything in our power to allow the music that's going to be on this broadcast for you guys to have the rights to be able to stream it and have it archived. They did say, however, that they were only able to work it out for a year from this date. So in that sense, if you did see people... Twitch streaming, if they have any concerns, they would just want to clear that archive footage after a year. But that's still them going above and beyond was one of the weird, this like coolest things, I would say. Like it was the coolest boring thing, right? Yeah. Uh, because for those people who do watch Twitch streams and are ingrained in the Twitch culture, 
DMCA is a very real thing that people are trying to figure out how to navigate. I mean, the safest thing to do would be just turn off all archives, right? But the reality is that doesn't make for good content. It doesn't make for good service to fans. And so you see a lot of things where even when there are big in-game events, you'll see some creators go to mute the audio on the event because they're worried about there possibly being music in it and them getting DMCA strikes. So for Microsoft to go above and beyond in that regard uh, was super impressive to me. Yeah, and I think even Nintendo this morning said... uh, uh, they put out an article going. Uh, Twitch is, uh, Kotaku put out an article this morning going. Twitch's official channel won't stream Nintendo's E3 Direct due to co-streaming restrictions, which is just like, that's the biggest platform in video games. And yeah, like good job, good on Microsoft. Um, bad yeah. on, bad on e- e- E3 ESA. I think yeah. it's the corporation well, behind it. Well, and and just to clarify that story, Nintendo of Japan had sent out a tweet basically saying, "Hey." the Nintendo Direct, which was this morning at the time of this recording, you can't mirror the footage. You're not allowed to. If you want to stream your reaction, you can stream your reaction, but our footage can't be there at the same time. You just can't mirror it. And so they were kind of on the opposite. I mean, they're the ones, you know, saying, hey, if you do, we're going to DMCA you. And so they were the complete opposite spectrum from Microsoft. And actually good on Twitch to be like, hey, we have permission to mirror this footage and to co-stream it but because all our creators can't we're not going to um that being said i did see a bunch of people out there streaming it just being like i don't care let them come for us yeah which is the right attitude in this situation all right so let's go ahead and i'm just going to start going through what was announced at the summer games fest kickoff and we can kind of play this by ear I, i think we could just go one by one, whatever. And then the ones, you know, ones that we don't care as much about, we could just, you know, get through quickly. So the one of the first big things that was announced was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which is a spin-off of the Borderlands franchise. It's still a looter shooter, except it's set in a Oh, you have the video up right now. You can see it right here. It's set in a more Dungeons and Dragons fantasy type setting with the titular Tiny Tina being your dungeon master in, in this regard. And so did any of you guys play the DLC for Borderlands 2? I, I didn't. Did nope. nope. So I know you're, you're probably lost, uh, left alone on this ship, but um, yeah. that was a D&D related, wasn't it? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to get into a little bit of spoilers here for Borderlands 2. But in Borderlands 2, uh, one of the main characters, actually one of the playable characters from the first game, Roland, he dies in Borderlands 2. And the DLC that came out was uh, Attack on Dragon's Keep or something like that. Basically what the premise was, was Tiny Tina was hosting a D&D game with the other loot hunters from Borderlands 2. And it also was her way of dealing and coping with the loss of Roland, actually. So it was comedic but also weirdly sweet at the same time and so this is kind of just a fleshing out of what that dlc was on a much bigger scale and they said that they are including some new gameplay mechanics in the forms uh in the form of spell casting and so not much more was you know said or, or shown off about the game at the kickoff but as you can see right here they did announce that it is coming in early 2022 which is a theme for this E3 
in regards to the majority of this stuff and honestly the conferences that i thought were the best were the ones that had games and they were like coming this year or 2022 i think typically we get a lot of these prep conferences or in the past we would get press conferences and for e3 we'd be seeing things three four five years out i mean games that sometimes we never saw again right and it feels like there was a lot less of that this year yeah but i feel like because of covid a lot of stuff got delayed and then you throw in the cyberpunk element to it where cyberpunk released when it shouldn't have and i think it made a lot of studios you know you know put them in a position where you're like we should take that extra time gamers are saying take all the time you need and so you know I'd rather t- take that time. Like Microsoft last year, they could have released Halo as a launch uh, title uh, in that window, and Halo would not have recovered. Like it, it might have, but I think it's better to make a bigger splash initially than have uh, a situation where you're trying to claw your way back up and you've already lost majority of your uh, players. Uh, and so if it means games need to wait till 2022, if they need the extra time... Uh, then so be it. I think we have a lot of at least maybe U.S. studios and maybe Canadian ones as well that might be returning to office. There might be a new structure that might be returning to their flows uh, of development by the end of this summer. Uh, I, you know, in the U.S. alone, I don't know how it is over in Jersey or uh, VA, Rob, but like things are really returning back to normal. Like my job's already like July 12th be back in their hybrid hybrid working model but you know it, it there is some sort of forward momentum and i'm thinking e3 2022 whatever that is whatever that looks like is going to be one the ones for the books i think we're going to see great games we're going to see so many games come out and 2022 2023 is that time frame where um i think it'll be the best time to be a gamer uh we get big games great games uh and hopefully non-glitchy games all right, uh, moving on, we also got Metal Slug Tactics. So I know people love the tactics strategy uh, games. I have never gotten into one. However, this art style and oh, them taking I, the Metal Slug franchise and turning it into a tactics game. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, for me, like this actually got me excited to play one of these. I think the art style is so cool. I think this cinematic trailer is awesome. Um I initially thought it was like a going to be like a some type of, and well, they're kind of it's already kind of like a not really a hero shooter, but um, you know, you, I think the original Metal Slug you choose a character, you just it was a two D, um, Contra esque, yeah, 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 yeah. But like it's seeing this in the tact, yeah, seeing the Metal Slug tactics uh, style and how it plays, uh, it really scratches that um, hall left by Advance Wars, um, that Nintendo finally. Like, you know, they kind of forgot about Advance Wars for years and, you know, people have been asking for something like this. So I'm actually really excited for this one and to play through it. All right. And then we got Death Stranding Director's Cut. Bilal, you want to talk about this announcement and this whatever it was video that they showed? (sighs) God. So... Kojima realizes he's the world's biggest troll. Um, and is with, leading fully into it. At, yeah, 100% into it. So it opens up with... What was his name? Norman, it wasn't Norman Reedus in the game. Uh, something Bridges, uh, I'm guessing. Uh, 
walking into a factory. It has a Metal Gear Solid like uh, layout. There's a box involved and fruit. Uh, and instead of like using the box's cover, uh, Sam Sam Bridges, I believe, he sits inside the box um, and does nothing with it. And then you just get a logo for um, Dead Stranding Director's Cut, which is an even longer game for a game Kojima had full vision on. So I'm not sure what else he needs to add because from everything I've heard about this game, it's already long uh, and already batshit crazy. So what was cut and what else is he adding? Yeah, it's funny. I think I saw someone on Twitter say basically, if this is the first game from your new studio that you were the director on and you had final say over, if that first game wasn't the director's cut, then what was it, right? Yeah, and like the caption here is from legendary game creator Hideo Kojima comes a genre-defining experience now expanded and remastered for the PS5. So like uh, in this definitive director's cut, I Kojima, why? <laughs> I don't know. It's not the director's yeah, think cut about for it. the game I would have expected. Like think if, about right. it. It's it's he. They made the whole studio just to put this game, and then they finished the game, and they're just like, wait, we weren't working on any other games, so they were just like, all right, all right, just wrap something else up. This uh, I don't know, director's cut. Just do something and just put it out because we have nothing for <laughs> another more. seven years. <laughs> yeah, that's all they got planned out right now. Like, what's another game um, under this studio that they're even talking about? I mean, I I. Do you think there is a little bit of him being in on the joke by naming it director's cut and when really it's just a definitive version for the PlayStation 5? Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see that thing running in 4K60. It is a beautiful game. Um, and there's, I know no, there's, no, there's no running in the game. It's just walking. <laughs> it's walking. Um, yeah, but if he was going to do a director's cut, oh, Konami's not going to work with him on Metal Gear Solid 5. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah. You know, there's nothing else he could have done. Yeah. But I did, I did enjoy his interview with Jeff Keighley during the presentation where he's like, you know, I predicted the future. So with the next game, I'm trying to go with something more relaxed uh, because yeah. the game is about like a virus that ravages the world and like everybody's like living like bunkered away. Um, so people, I, I don't know if they're being serious, but some were like, he's prophetic. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, he's not. At some point he was like, I realize I have to take a different approach. The game's... They need to be fun. And I'm like, yeah. that's what I've been telling people about his games for years. So they need to be fun. Okay. Going, moving on to the next one. This one was kind of weird. We got an appearance from Jeff Goldblum on mm -hmm. the broadcast. And he was Jeff Goldbluming all over the place, just hamming it up. And it was for the announcement of Jurassic World Evolution 2, which is that Jurassic World uh, park builder, right? That's so. Yeah. And so I didn't play the first one at all. For the most part, people seem to be, for the people who like those type of games, this is apparently a very good one. And so I'm happy for those who are in on that. I mean, I thought the trailer looked really pretty, but I also, like I said, I'm just not into those type of games. Yeah, um, yeah I, I want to mess around with the Jurassic Park Um I mean, Park Builder, but I just never got around to the first one. So maybe I'll right. definitely check out the second one. Can you release dinosaurs like onto people? Because that'd be fun. I, I would like to believe you could do that. If you could do like tornadoes and uh, disasters in SimCity, you should I at mean, least be able to uh, yeah. let dinosaurs out. I mean, I'm sure you have to deal with them breaking out. That's got to yeah. be part of the game. 
right? But again, I didn't play the first one, so I'm just making this up here. I, I, I want a game where you just play uh, the head of public relations for Jurassic Park. And it's just like every day there's like a new incident and you have to put out a press release and just deal with like keeping things under wraps. Every every week you're releasing, you got to compose a tweet that's just like on a notepad. And it just says at the end, like, we, we understand how grave a situation this was. We just never thought that life would find a way. <laughs> All right. So let's just push it along. And we got a little bit of a roadmap for Among Us. They announced new updates, new roles for players to fill, and a uh, new map as well. Correct? Um, the the airship's been out. Uh, they, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Use a new map is in the works. Um, yeah. But that's, and and really this new like, mode. Yeah, there's like one. There's like one little. Um, image that they could share from it or something uh oh right right right. yeah, yeah. it was like a th- three pixel by three pixel image yeah so again i'm really excited for among us to actually come to console just because for me that's where i have the biggest friend base is yeah. on console and so i've always wanted to play this game and kind of get into it with my buddies but getting them to even just to download it on their phone where they can get it for you know for free or sit at a PC. It just wasn't happening. Yeah. But this is one of those things that after yelling at each other in a competitive multiplayer game for two and a half hours, three hours, we can switch over to this at the night and go to bed angry with each other over this stuff. And so I, I'm just excited for that to be coming. It's supposed to be coming this summer to the Xbox and be part of Game Pass when it launches as well. Yeah. So we also got a new gameplay trailer for Solar Ash, which is the follow-up to, oh God, what's the name of the game? Similar art style, a roguelike, or no, Hyperlight Drifter, sorry. Uh, Solar Ash is the follow-up game to Hyperlight oh, Drifter. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is it really? And you can, yeah, you can kind of see the similar aesthetic in the art style and the animations. And Inferno as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it reminded me of that, that game Fury. Um yeah. A while back, and I, I thought yeah. it was a direct like continuation of that, but Hyperlight Drifter makes a lot more sense. Yeah, but it looks a, it looks I, a lot of fun. The gameplay looks no, I'm really ex- hefty. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really excited about this because I like games that have kind of fluid mobility, right? And so you saw in the trailer watch right now, there's that element of kind of grinding on the rail, then hopping on the back and and zipping around on the enemy. And so I'm I'm excited for this. Um, again, there's just so much. I'm I'm sorry. I know I'm not giving some of these games all the time that they deserve, but there's just so much news. We gotta keep moving. Next thing they did is they uh, showed off a launch trailer for Chivalry 2, which you know released I think last week on console and PC. Yeah. By all accounts, that game. I have a bunch of friends who have it. That game is a fun time, but is a little bit janky. All we got was a launch trailer for it. No new news really out of that one. We also got Valorant teasing a new agent. Uh, anybody here play any Valorant? I played for a little bit, and then once I realized that my son was better at it than I was, I kind of just walked away. I'm surprised yeah. he's not here to make a comment in the background. <laughs> I've been playing it on and off here and there. I probably play like once or twice a week. Uh, just oh, okay. a couple matches, but nothing, nothing too serious. I'm pretty garbage at it. And it's funny because, I mean, obviously fans of 
the game are going to be excited for a new character being released but i don't know it's it feels less just because they do release one every season and the seasons are in in valorant are shorter than like almost any other game out there or at least it feels shorter i feel like they're always releasing a new agent i don't know i just thought there's not as much hype and maybe like i said maybe it's just because i'm not a part of that world but for me it feels like there's not as much hype when they announce a new agent uh, we also got a new trailer from Escape from Tarkov. Anybody play that? That can speak on it. <laughs> I've heard crazy things about this game. Um, like it's very challenging. It's co-op based. Um, I've wanted to check it out, but I heard it was still in early access and a bit buggy when it first came out. So I think it's been a yeah. few years, but it's definitely something I think would be make for a fun stream night. Uh, I mean, on the yeah. Show. I would definitely be down to check this out. I mean, I've yeah. seen a bunch of people stream it, so it does look like it just seems like it has so many mechanics and so complex that I, I it feels almost like impenetrable when I'm looking at it from the outside. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I but I mean, this, it, but I just like couldn't. It wasn't on Steam. I was just so confused, and then I tried mm-hmm. registering, and my account was never created. But I, I've always wanted to play it. it. Looks, it looks really neat. It looks awesome. Yeah, and so some of the stuff they showed. I, I thought it looked really good. It's also one of those things where I think this trailer looks, the environments that they're showing off and stuff like that look better than anything else I've seen in this game. So I wanted to try out. The next game that we're going to talk about is Two Point Campus, which is a follow-up to the uh, Two Point Hospital, which, again, is one of these management sim games. Yeah, but this time we can control the student loan debt and yes. we're going to jack it all the way up. <laughs> um, this one is set, uh, as the name implies, in a college campus that you're, you're kind of running. This game was mentioned at almost every single conference that was held yeah. over E3. I mean, up. yeah, by the end of today, I was like, all right, enough with Two Point Campus. Like at first I was like, oh, this seems cool. Maybe I'll dip into it. Maybe I'll give it a try. But it was shown off so much at so many different places by the end of this week, and I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> I want nothing to do with Two Point Campus. Did you play Two Point Hospital? Uh, no, I had always intended to because I watched a couple like videos and streams on it and stuff like that. I mean, my problem is that to sit down, people who get into these sim games, like they get into them, right? And so to sit down and dedicate that much time to a solitary experience where there's not a story driving me along, it's just hard for me to kind of get into it, you know? I always thought these games would be better on mobile. Um, just because, like, look how big Clash of Clans got, but, like, you know, that has its own monetization and time built-in mechanic. But just, like, a simulator like this where you can build a little town and build it up, I would love to play this on mobile um, if it ever came that way. But yeah, I was gonna doesn't say this, seem to be the case. This seems like something that would thrive on like Apple Arcade on the iPad. I feel like that's somewhere that I would play it, but not on a console by any means. <laughs> uh, so the next announcement was the Smite Stranger Things crossover. <laughs> so those this who, is weird. <laughs> yeah, so those who are familiar with the podcast know that I've been playing Smite on and off for the past eight years. And so this was kind of teased out a little bit before they actually showed off this trailer. 
And this isn't the first time that Smite has made a battle pass based on an intellectual property. Uh, they did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. They did uh, Avatar The Last Airbender one. This one is by far the weirdest one they've done based on a property, especially considering that they have Hopper as a, uh, an, a Hopper skin for Apollo. And I do want to watch this trailer because you just see when they introduce him just how ridiculous he looks everybody else kind of fits having uh an 11 <laughs> skin for Scylla makes sense having the demogorgon skin for bakasura makes sense but having hopper as apollo is so ridiculous uh, and so that being said i will get this like i am actually kind of excited for this because of how silly and how weird it is i think more games need to be doing that kind of stuff if you're gonna do a crossover with an intellectual property i in my opinion i think the weirder the more different the better right mm-hmm. um then we got an announcement that no, go ahead. these next couple we can do pretty quickly yeah so we got an announcement that there's a new entry in the classic painkiller franchise is in development nothing more beyond that was shown a new game from developer Stray Bombay, the Anacrusis, was shown off. It's a four-player co-op shooter in the similar vein to your Left for Back Dead. for Bloods, Left for Dead. Um, and so we actually are getting quite a few of these lately right? and in the near future. <laughs> I, I'm all for it. I think I've talked about it here on the podcast before where I am kind of looking for more cooperative games to play with the boys so that we don't get so mad at each other over the competitive stuff. Uh, that being said, we'll still find a way to get mad at each other. So it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But I, I'm excited for this. My problem with – I'm excited for these type of games. My problem with this game, and I don't know if any of you guys saw the trailer outside of Bilal, is that there's something about the animations with the guns and how the enemies are affected where it doesn't feel like there's a lot of impact there. And so just based off the trailer, I could be completely wrong, it doesn't look like it feels good to play. It – and I can't tell if it's early or not, um, because the game's still not out yet, and they just threw together a beta. But it does feel a little bit floaty in its animations. Yeah, but uh, I believe that game is coming this year, is it not? Well, hopefully they figure it out before. Yeah, then. right, right. Uh, next? The next, the next announcement is Rocket League Fast Nine crossover. So Rocket League has already done a crossover with Fast and the Furious in the past, where they've released some cars that have been in that franchise. I think this might be the third time actually that they've had kind of a tie-in. So I don't know. There's not it, much to talk about. It, I mean, it only regard, makes sense because right? they finally attach a rocket to a car in this. Yeah, one. true. Right. They didn't have to do a lot to change the character models to yeah, fit into th- the game. Th- this one actually ties into the lore. It all yep. makes sense. We also found out that we are getting another uh, class-based competitive shooter. This one's set within the Vampire the Masquerade universe called Blood Hunt. I caught, like, I, w- I don't know what I was doing during this. Probably looking at my phone, honestly. But this one just didn't grasp me at all. Uh, do you have any interest in this? or um, I'm also not into this, like, Vampire the Masquerade franchise at all. It was, so. I think it was at this point in the press conference that I realized that this was more like the Game Awards than it was um, what Summer Games Fest was last year. Because Summer Games Fest last year was uh, 
hey, here's Tony Hawk. Here's the developer talking about it for five minutes, and here's a trailer, and that was it for the day. And then you come back like a day or two later for the next announcement. And so I was a bit shocked to see how many games there were, and I didn't realize what the scale and the length of this would be. So I was actually uh, a bit surprised that we got all these announcements. Uh, so I, I never played a Vampire uh, Masquerade game, but I guess it looks cool. Next thing we got was the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes gameplay trailer. We're not, yeah, I mean, that stuff is in engine. It is gameplay, honestly, because those games are basically choose your own adventure games. But they big part about this is they kind of showed off what the like monsters are that are going to be in this game. Have any of you guys played any of the Dark Picture anthologies, the two leading up to this one, or even what was it? Oh, Until Dawn, which was the first kind of game in, in this style that they did. I did. Un- yeah. I played Until Dawn. No, okay, so it. yeah. Is so Until for the- Dawn, part of the PlayStation collection. PS5 uh, collection? PS5 owners. So I don't know. I know it was available on PlayStation Plus, maybe a couple times, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's part of that collection. I'll have to give it a, a look-see. But for those that don't know, these are basically adventure games where you're just walking through the environment and doing quick-time events and making choices, dialogue choices with different characters. And your choices actually affect the outcome of the story. You control a party during different parts of the story, and there's a possibility that your party members can die permanently. And then at the end of the game, you can end up where everybody's dead or everybody's alive and good ending, bad ending. So there's replayability in that. Also, these games have multiplayer. So you can actually play with a friend who's controlling one of the characters kind of parallel, but in a different location as you. There was actually some gameplay mechanics involved with that with the first one, Man of Medan, that they released as part of the Dark Pictures Anthology, where that one had to deal a little bit with hallucinations and so what would happen is one person would see one thing you'd see another thing and if you actually were able to communicate a little you could avoid killing each other which happened uh quite often when i played with my friends the, f- the first couple times i really like these games i'm really excited about this i think Bilal, we were talking about possibly streaming this game uh, yeah. playthrough together when it comes out yeah no i'm actually really excited for uh house of ashes uh, i haven't played the first two but i did play until dawn and Honestly, if your spouse or partner isn't into games, these might be the games to actually sit down and try with them if they like horror. Um, It's usually a ton of fun. Um, uh, Until Dawn had an insane, insane cast of uh, of actual actors in it that did a full body mocap and their likenesses are in that game. Uh, So, uh, I I, I think they said they were trying to aim for to do these, I think, one every six months or so. I might be wrong with that timing, but I'm glad to see that this is continuing. It's still, you know, it's at its third game um, because these are fun experiences to have with friends and family. Yeah, and it's also something that we're not getting really anywhere else. Yeah. Now, the next thing was a new gameplay trailer for the remake of Tales of Arise. Uh, I'll let you guys speak to this because this is not in my wheelhouse at all. Uh, I'm a fan of Tales games. Uh, I think Tales of Symphonia uh, Race, I think that was like our first intro to it. And like, that was one of the best entries to that game. I played some of Vesperia, some of Vesteria. Um, The naming convention is terrible, but this one actually looks great. Uh, You know, it feels next gen. 
um, usually plays a lot like an anime. I mean, this one does look like an anime, but um, there's something about it that feels like it's elevating the series, uh, especially with the combat. The combat here uh, feels like it's it's not exactly open world, but it feels more three dimensional. It feels less stiff uh, from what I've seen in the videos, uh, and so this is actually on like my anti most anticipated list for later this year. Yeah, definitely okay. same here. Um, the combat, I remember in Tales of Symphonia and onwards was so fun that mm -hmm. like I feel like getting a next-gen treatment on this is going to be great. And the character yeah. models look really good for like yeah. an anime game that's not throwing the huge tropes in your face. Yeah. My tropes. It's, oh, God, and Symphonia is so good. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Like I said, as somebody who this is in my wheelhouse, I will say that the animation, the art style looks beautiful. And, you know, I'm not opposed to giving it a try. Now, next thing we have on here is Planet of Lana was revealed. It's a 2D puzzle, excuse me, puzzle platformer following a young child and their cats. They adventure across a strange world. Um, I'm just going to keep it. Yeah, I'm just going to keep yeah. it moving. <laughs> keep, yeah. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Overwatch 2, there was a little video where they talked about some of the changes coming to sequel and actually introduced kind of the new character models for Baptiste and Sombra. Now, leading up to this, they had talked about a couple in, in the past. They had talked about some of the changes they're making to some of the character models to just kind of update them and bring them more in line with what we see in games today. When did Baptiste um, get released? Uh, was he one months, of the later characters? Months, yes, 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 he is. Okay. He's one of the, he's one of the most recent characters, if not the most recent. Yeah. And so, yeah, with the upgraded character models and some changes just to their overall looks, and so that's what this video uh, mostly focused on. And I mean, I think they look gorgeous, but they're also just character animation stills against a white background. You know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, what matters is how they look in motion in game. Yeah, and, and so what, it's kind of hard for me to get excited about yeah this. and with everything going on at blizzard uh with the departures um and just general general vibe that comes out of the news out of blizzard <laughs> race laughs because race worked there um but uh yeah it's just uh, what if there's like a beta if there's a demo we'll get our hands on see if it feels any different um i expect it to just be more overwatch which might not be a bad thing but I hope it's it feels fresh. I mean, I'm like I, I've talked about this before. I'm excited for that change from six to five. I think it'll be yeah. easier for me to get four of the people together to kind of get into a match, and hopefully that should result in some faster matches as well. Mm -hmm. The next thing is Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. So this game launches on June 22nd, and what was shown off was a little bit of a, a gameplay feature where Jeff Keighley played alongside I think one of the developers of the game, and then comedian Hannibal Burris and wrestler Ember Moon. I. This I'm is one excited. of those games that I am looking forward to, yeah. right? It's a. Uh, this is the Diablo esque one, right? This is a top down. Uh, it's this one's yeah. third person, right? Third, per uh, third oh, person, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah, and so yeah, so this one I am. I am, but it is. It's dungeon crawler. Is what I'm yeah. really what I meant to say. Is this one I am excited for? And one of the things I didn't realize is that this is one of those games that is coming to Game Pass uh, day and date when it launches. Mm -hmm. And so this video was fine. The gameplay looked great. And it's funny. They, Ember Moon especially, seemed like she was genuinely enjoying herself. Sometimes we get some of these celebrities 
on these videos and it feels forced and, and stilted. Uh, this one felt, you know, like just four people hanging out, having a good time. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think she mentioned that she read the books. Like she, her character, she picked was Drist uh, from the, uh, I guess it's the Dungeons and Dra- Dragons books. Like I've read those books myself, and so they're great. Uh, R.A. Salvatore writes combat really well, uh, and you know, weaves epic tale across multiple chronicles. Uh, I can't even imagine how many pages uh, of that character I've read and his arc. Um, so, you know, it's actually, and, you know, she said her uh, wrestling outfit was uh, based off of, you know, the design was based off of that. Uh, Forgotten Realms. Thanks, Ollie. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Next up, we have another IP crossover battle pass. This one for Paladin's Champions mm-hmm. of the Realm. It's crossover with Genlock, which I didn't know what Genlock was. I had heard it. This is another one of those. This is a Rooster Teeth anime, correct? Mm-hmm. With uh, Michael B. Jordan and uh, Maisie Williams. Okay. So, yeah. again, we're talking about a battle pass with the crossover uh, with the IP. This is also by the same studio and develop, uh, publisher that does uh, Smite. So this is, I thought it was kind of weird that they kind of spaced them in between these videos instead of just doing kind of a high-res section back-to-back. But there you have it. We're going to, we got to, this is, yeah. we got to figure out how to handle the rest of this stuff. Yeah, Modern Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. We got a new we, story we, trailer. Yeah, we can talk but, about that in Nintendo. Yeah. Because yeah. that one's and another then, one game that shows up everywhere. Yeah. And there was Endless Dungeon gameplay trailer. This looks like a lot of fun. This looks cool. Uh, Fall Guys is getting a costume inspired by Near Automata. Back for Blood release date announcement. Okay, Back for Blood. One, this yeah. one I think we're gonna spend some time on. Yeah. So Back for Blood, the upcoming co-op zombie shooter and spiritual sequel to Left 4 Dead launches on October 12th. Uh, and the reason it's a one of the reasons it's a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead is it's actually being made by Turtle Rock, which people who made Left 4 Dead over at Valve left to form this studio. You can see right there in the trailer it says from the creators up. Again, we were talking about this earlier. We're getting a lot of these kind of co-op horde shooters where you're pushing through. And I am all for it. I mean, if they find a way to differentiate themselves, obviously this one, us already knowing about it, this is the bigger name in the ones that are coming out. This is what all the focus is on right now as far as these type of games are concerned. And so I'm really, really excited about this. They had news about the beta that's coming i will not be touching the beta because this is definitely a day one for me and i already know i'm getting this no i will not (laughs) no no no. i am not touching the beta because i know for sure that this is one i'm I'm getting all All right me and Smokey, uh race you in i'm i'm in i I never got to play left for dead like as much as i wish i did so I'm, i'm super excited for this i used to play left for dead alone on my my like shitty macbook and uh, graphics card. Ooh. And so I'm super excited for this. Uh-oh, there goes yeah. the, the stream. Yeah, let, right. me, let me move it over here. I think Ali uh, messaged me. He has a technician over, uh, so I will be fixing this stuff. Rob, why don't you continue to go through some of this stuff, and uh, I'll pull up trailers. Yeah, so I'm just going to quickly go through these, and when it's something yeah. big, we'll stop talking about it. And obviously, if there's something you guys want to talk about, just stop me. Tribes of Midgard. They showed off a gameplay trailer. Evil Dead, the game, they showed off the first tra- gameplay trailer for that. This does not look fun. No. Uh, it seems <laughs> like it is an asymmetrical multiplayer game, kind of in the same vein as Friday the 13th and 
Dead by Daylight. But I don't know what it is about the gameplay that they showed off. It just it just didn't do it for me. Now I could be would love to be pleasantly surprised and 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 shocked by it, but uh, that trailer itself just didn't do it for me. Yeah, the camera angle seems super weird, like in the third person. I remember getting the same vibes. Even though I did like this game, The Evil Within had like a really tight camera angle in the third person, and I like yeah. feel like the same vibes here. But the the motion felt like super stiff, and it just I don't know, not doing it for me. Uh, can I just say one thing about Evil Dead? The hair in this game looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hair doesn't get enough credit some sometimes, but like. Uh, if you look at Bruce Campbell, uh, wherever he is in this trailer, like, look at that. It's immaculate. I've met Bruce Campbell multiple times. And, like, it's exactly like that. Okay, well, looks like Bilal's a fan. Anyway, <laughs> the biggest news to come out of this opening day was the gameplay footage of Elden Ring, which actually Jeff teased in the very beginning of the broadcast, and that's what ended the show. The game is launching on January 21st, 2022. I am very excited for this. I, am so I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think it looks absolutely fantastic. I think it looks exactly what I'm looking for in these type of games as far as the environment is concerned, the enemy types. These enemies are massive. Yeah. And so I am very, very excited. Afterwards, uh, over the next couple of days, there was a couple of interviews, I think, IGN had a great interview where they talked a little bit more about the world itself and kind of what to expect without giving, you know, too much away. Yeah. Uh, and Ollie, it does. Oh, 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 oh Ollie, um, you might be on mute. So just you might need to unmute yourself on discord, but I, I think I texted you in the middle of your honeymoon when this trailer dropped. Yeah. I knew <laughs> it was I... dropping, <laughs> but like, but, because you, when you, when you texted me, I was just like, we got to stop. We just, you know, we were out, we went inside, we went back to our uh, Airbnb, and we just kind of, like, looked and watched the trailer, and I sent Bilal probably the most emotional voice note of my life, where I wasn't even sure, I didn't even know that I was being recorded. My wife just heard me talk about the trailer, started recording me, and sent it all to Bilal, and so he got to hear everything. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I think this was the bombshell trailer of the week and it was even technically part of e3 uh it was just the thing that i feel like we're always used to getting and it was a game that was already announced so i'm i mean like i came prepared i came dressed uh i'm, I'm always going to be a from software crazy fanatic and and i can't believe how much this delivered on exactly what i didn't really know what to expect and and yeah i don't think there's any point where from software is going to disappoint if right after one after the other after the other after the other they're just going to keep getting getting our hopes up and and just shooting over what we whatever we thought we were going to expect one of the things that has me really excited about it and came out in that ign interview is that most of these games you know i think to a fault for people who are as far as people who are trying to get into them first, first, for the first time, but also I know that fanatics kind of love is that the lore is a bit obscure, right? The lore is is hidden within a ring you pick up mm -hmm. or a note you find that references something from earlier, and then you go and you go on these wild hunts outside of the game to kind of just piece it all together and talk to other people about it and stuff like that. 
Where this one, because our uh, George R. R. Martin did help with the uh, creation of the world itself and the lore and the story, they did come out and say that it is going to be the narrative is going to be delivered to you a little bit more straightforward this time. That's not to say that there's not, you know, side lore that you can still find the way you would in other games, but we hopefully are going to get a more cohesive storyline throughout. And so I am very, very excited for that game. Yeah, and uh, some of the stuff I was reading about it was like there's six hubs. You can tackle them in whatever way you want. Uh, there's no linear path this time through. Uh, a lot of the weapon skills that you saw in earlier Dark Souls games are now like things you can like learn and equip onto your character uh, and just use them, which is awesome. Uh, the horse is actually really interesting. It seems like you can summon it. Uh, and just jump off of it. The horse can double jump, uh, and have a, has a rocket launch. It's uh, yeah. So like the rocket launch is right here. There's him, your character jumping off the horse, and the horse disappears. It's, it's it's crazy. Uh, I, I think I think the first time I watched it, I wasn't really. Sh I was like, okay, it looks like more, um, more from software. But there's actually a lot more going on behind the scenes, or like in, if you look at the smaller details, um. And I'm pumped. I, I can't wait to get my hands on this. I just need to figure out how much sleep I can um, get, not have with the child in order to play this long into the night. You know how people always will compare a book to a movie and it'll always just be like, the book was better because there's obviously 800 pages that you could dive into. I feel like that's mm -hmm. why these games have all these tiny mysteries and tiny mm -hmm. details that everyone kind of obsesses over because it does feel like when you play the game, you're missing out on the novel. And when you kind of have either a replay or a VOD video or somebody else who's kind of walking you through everything, you're just like, wow, there's depth to this that I didn't even realize because everyone is silent and there's not a whole lot of dialogue. But everything is embedded like it is a novel. All the intention and the details and the reasons that everything exists for the design and why you find um, you know, a piece of helm or armor here as opposed to a different room, why there are scattered books here and not somewhere else. I think all of that is the reason why there's the fanaticism. Are you not a from software fanatic? I I mean, I am. I love their you stuff. You are for sure. I yeah. know you are for yeah, sure, yeah. We've, we've all played, like I've played every single one as well. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to play, the first one I ever tried playing was Dark Souls 2, and Ooh. I just, I just did not like, I mean, I got maybe like two or three hours in, I just didn't like how, um, some of the lack of direction in it, so, it yeah, I got to this one, like, yeah, I got into this one hub, and it was just so obtuse, and I, I just couldn't get anywhere, like, it wasn't the combat, it wasn't difficulty, it was literally just figuring out where to go. And so I had kind of written off the Soulsborne genre as a whole, and then I played Bloodborne. And I played it when it first came out, and there was something there that I was like, oh, I, I like this. I kind of like the aggressive nature on it of it, but still having to be patient and, and picking your shots and stuff like that. And, then, and the risk-reward, right, that comes in Bloodborne where... You know, if before you lose that health permanently, getting those slashes back in to try to gain it back. And I had dropped it. Then with the PS5 coming out, 
and me having the PlayStation 4 Pro, I was like, you know what, for the last game, just to kind of fill out my, you know, finish up some of my backlog, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to finish uh, Bloodborne and give it another shot. And I fell in love with it. I mean, I absolutely adored it. And it was one of those things where what I ended up doing just because I knew I wanted to get through it, you know, fairly quickly is while I think that game, it does a much better job of directing you and where you have to go. Uh, I kept a guide close by just in case. And so that was where they finally got me and got me hooked. Now I started Sekiro, but then some other games popped up because actually Sekiro had already been out by the time I beat Bloodborne because I beat Bloodborne. I was like, I want to play whatever the next one is. And, or, you know, I want to play another one of these. And so I had started playing that, but then other games come out. So I have to get back to that. I tried playing Dark Souls 3 with one of my wife's cousin's husbands, who, you know, one of my buddies, who is very into, and he's a fanatic for sure. But <laughs> when he was like, oh, don't come in. I'll work coming to your world. I'll kind of, we'll play together and you can get into it. And then we just kept getting invaded over and over and over by super high level dudes. <laughs> And it just was not a fun experience. And I, so part of me wants to just go back and play it by myself offline. I've never really had that problem in Dark Souls games where I got invaded. And maybe it's because I never used, like, the embers. Like, I would just be in uh, was like the, the hollow form as long as possible. But uh, I, I'm with you. Like, it took me a while to get into the series I played. I bought Demon Souls on the PS3 and returned it the next day. Like, mm. I just traded it in. I was like, I was like, I don't understand this. This is bullshit. Um, I'm not having any fun with this. And then I, I, yeah. I returned it the same day I got it. Yeah. The first time oh. I, I ever got Demon's <laughs> Souls. Because I had, I like, I went on every website, and it was always rated, like, the number one game. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go get this. And I got Nobody it. Nobody warned you. No, and I had thinking, no idea. Everyone's like, was, it's, it's hard, but, like, it's, it's doable. But they don't really... And back then, like... Nothing was this difficult, um, like, unless you're talking about like. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then it was a Dark Souls. Yeah, it was with Dark Souls three where I, everything finally clicked. Um, because I didn't even know you oh, could wow. upgrade. Like the first time I played Bloodborne, I didn't even know you could how to upgrade your health and stuff like that. And so it took me forever. Um, I was like, uh, once I watched the video, once I once they all clicked, I was like, oh, okay, this is how I get stronger. Um, I started I started with Dark Souls 1. I didn't really love the PS3, Xbox 360 era. I just mm -hmm. felt like everything felt really plastic, pushing the, you know, the graphics beyond what they could do, and then everyone just gave up on art direction. And uh, I moved to St. Louis for a year and a half for grad school. So the first week I was there, I just brought uh, my 360, and I got a TV, and I kept hearing about Dark Souls on Reddit. And I was just like, man, let me give it a shot. And that's all I had. I didn't even have furniture. I just had like a TV and it was just like dark and glowing. I was waiting another week for my roommate to move in. I didn't really know anybody. So I was, you know, aimless walking around Dark Souls, the first game. And it felt like what we used to want in a lot of these games where it wasn't an hour and a half of tutorial or uh, a 90 minute cutscene at the end of the game to reward you. It mm -hmm. was it was a straight up, here you go, figure it out, and you know, very very much just enjoy the experience and not, you know, we're not going to hold your hand otherwise. So mm -hmm. I think uh, I, I think that kind of reinvigorated a lot of 
me wanting to play video games again because I don't really think the 360 area was was all that good at all. And I think the you know the PS4 area. P, I went from 360 PS4. PS4 was good, but I think there was like 10 years where they're just just like you can pretty much just skip the entire video game history, except for Dark Souls and like five of the games. I think you're crazy, Ellie. There was a lot I, of good I, chance in that period. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think you're nuts, but we don't have eight hours for me to give you a, a TED talk on why you're wrong on, on the records. I All dare right. you so, to. <laughs> so just to move on, IGN had its own conference, uh, the IGN Expo. There was a couple announcements for AAA games, a lot of indie stuff. The things that stand out from here is Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, which is a um, which is an enhanced version of the psychological thriller Doki Doki Literature Club that is coming to Steam and it's coming to consoles. I don't know how that game, without giving any spoilers, I don't know how that game is going to work on console. But if you get the chance, I think it's free still on PC, on Steam. Play the original Doki Doki Literature Club. Don't look at anything about it beforehand. Go and play it and just wait until it takes its turn because it starts off as one thing and ends up as one of the, I mean, they say it's, you know, the trailer right here says the number one psychological thriller. It turns into something just completely different and is one of my favorite game experiences ever. Honestly, don't let the art style and kind of the fan service waifu look to it, you know, trick you. There's a lot more to it than that. The other, thing, <laughs> the other thing, the other thing, I want to talk about. Oh, what was it? Tunic. Yeah, so they talked about Tunic for a little. I actually played some of that. You, there's a if you have an Xbox. Right now, they're having their Summer Games Fest demo event. You can actually go ahead and play that demo on there. So instead of me talking about it, you can try it for yourself. Uh, this game was built to me as a Zelda-like, and this is a Souls-like in the va- in the this disguise as a Zelda-like, okay? This game is much more difficult than I thought it was going to be. He and died atta- so many the, times. The combat is way more deliberate than I expected. And so it is very, very cool, though, and I, I am intrigued and I can't wait for this to come out. And in case you were wondering, yes, Two Point Campus was at the IGN Expo uh, conference they had. All right, so I'm just going to rapid fire through the Ubisoft conference, which I actually think was one of the better conferences. Mm -hmm. And then we can just talk about afterwards what we're most excited about. There was the gameplay trailer for Rainbow Six Extraction, now the official name for what was Rainbow Six Quarantine, which is just an expansion of the idea they had in a limited time mode for Rainbow Six. There is Rocksmith Plus, which is a new iteration on the Rocksmith franchise, teaching people how to play guitar and bass. There's Riders Republic, which is the massive multiplayer sports game announced two years ago by Ubisoft. Uh, that is coming out September 2nd. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege, they showed off a cinematic trailer for the new operator that's coming. Um, they also mentioned that crossplay will be implemented between PlayStation and Xbox in early 2022. And cross-progression as well. And cross-progression. I That's don't right. think at the same time, but uh, soon after or within the same time frame. Yeah. 
there was also the announcement that Brawlhalla is getting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So Brawlhalla is one of those franchises that is flying super under the radar. It is your platform fighter like Super Smash Brothers. And they have brought in a bunch of different properties. It started off with them bringing in characters from their own franchises, Ubisoft's own franchises. And then they started to uh, branch out. I mean, they, they've had WWE <laughs> wrestlers come into Brawlhalla. Now they've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the art style looks awesome. And so this is a game that I would be more than happy to play on stream uh, with you guys if you guys ever wanted to and, you know, hang out for a little bit. I Like I said, it's just a platform fighter like Smash Brothers. Was this the game that you had me and Jen play with you and you used the fight stick? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I destroyed. <laughs> like, uh, there was no reason to use a fight stick, yet he did. <laughs> it feels so much better with a fight stick. Anyway, it feels like you're playing an arcade game. Anyway. There's a new expansion for Walk the Watch Dogs Legion starring Aiden Pierce. It's called uh, Bloodline. We also got, surprise, surprise, Just Dance 2022. The game that comes out every year on every platform is coming out again. It's not coming out on the Wii this time. No, right. Yeah, the Wii support finally has ended for Just Dance. Uh, they showed off a little bit of... Assassin's Creed Valhalla and some of the future updates coming for it, including new game modes and some fan-requested additions. They also talked a little bit about Mythic Quest and Werewolves Within, so they talked about their TV and movie properties, and then they showed off a new trailer for Far Cry 6. A lot of it being some of the stuff we already knew about, but this is where they showed off kind of a... It was like a tone trailer for the villain it was meet itself. the villain yeah yeah and it was uh it got pretty dark in, in in this trailer and so i am was already pretty excited about this i think the game itself looks beautiful and so uh, i'm excited to play this it, and we're gonna have that fairly soon it reminds me it's like far cry meets just cause and that's like the vibe yes. i'm getting out of this yeah. yes I mean, and truth be told, Far Cry had been leaning like that in the past couple mm-hmm. games. I mean, they introduced wingsuits. We The last Far Cry, we would take a helicopter as high as we could, and I would just jump out wingsuit everywhere. And so... Have they announced co-op for this? Um, I don't know, actually. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the co-op in the past games was kind of thin anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually hoping that they would have something more substantial in the form of co-op where progression between the your two game states would continue, right? If you played with somebody else, those missions would be done in your game. And that's not how it worked in the last ones. Yeah. Uh, they also announced some of the Far Cry 6 DLC that we can expect. And there is a DLC that allows us to play as Far Cry villains from the past. Uh, Voss, Pagan Min, and Joseph Seed from Far Cry 5. And they also tease something that's to do with Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, which I adored uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. And actually, I think Ubisoft should pit Blood Dragon on more things. They did like a Trials uh, Blood Dragon, and that was a lot of fun. And so they, they also showed off. Uh, also announced at Netflix Geek that Blood Dragon's getting its own animated series on Netflix. Yes, yes, they yeah. did. They did show that. And so we also found out about the sequel to. The Nintendo Ubisoft crossover Mario and Rabbits. This one called Mario and Rabbits Sparks of Hope. Again, it looks like another turn-based strategy game 
this time they seem to have added some more active gameplay mechanics. And so I am actually pretty excited about this one. Yeah, um, this was a nice surprise, though. I, I feel sad that Nintendo had to spoil it themselves. Right. Um, they accidentally put up the product page for this on their website uh, yeah. a few hours before the show. But it looks great. Um, I think the free roam aspect of the action uh, it's be interesting to see. Um, they really did nail that first game. It did get a little bit repetitive, but this one looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and I can't wait to see, uh, well, I actually can't wait to get my hands on this. So yeah. it's, it's a, and this it's was coming generally just like a hilarious game. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't think that the rabbits would make me laugh at all. Uh, once they show the first trailer of the first Mario, Mario and rabbits, but that had me dying. So I'm, I'm super excited for this one. And then so alternate it, universe, the rabbits are what the minions are. So it's funny because I was actually yeah. going to make a comment about that. Is that I was watching, I think it was Giant Bombs actually, their live reacts to the Ubisoft conference. And it was Daniel Dwyer who was basically like, why do I like the rabbits so much when I hate the minions so much? <laughs> right? Uh, they're just better minions is what they are. Yeah. 100%. And then... And well, then I, you, like, they turned the Lumas from Mario Galaxy into rabbits, which is just like... It's such a stupid idea, and it works. Yeah, no, I think it looks great. And there's also some talk about how the gameplay that they showed off actually looks kind of too nice graphically, fidelity-wise, to be running on the Switch. So there were some rumors that actually that what they were showing is running on this Switch Pro. I mean, I mean like I said, I don't know about all that, but... Yeah. I thought it looked very, very good. And yeah. that's all I'll just say. It looked very, very good. I believe it's on a new engine. Plus, they've had time, more time to develop this. Yeah. Um, right. So I figure they can make it look pretty. I mean, Odyssey looks absolutely gorgeous um, on handheld and on docked. So um, I don't expect. Eh, I could see this running on a regular Switch. And the last thing they showed off was Avatar uh, Frontiers of Pandora, a third-person adventure game. That looks like you'll be playing from the perspective of the Navi. And so... What year is it? Yeah, they're 11 <laughs> years late. <laughs> hey, we're, but... Or are they two years Just early? Because we're getting like... Yeah. yeah, we're getting like eight movies coming soon. <laughs> and Before so... the rapid fire of Avatar movies. Yeah, every two years starting next year, I think. All right, so real quick, that... Is basically that is everything that was at the Ubisoft conference. Why don't we just go around? What are you most excited for, and for what was the biggest surprise out of this I think for you, Bilal? For me, Avatar. Um, I wasn't sure what they were gonna end the show on, uh, but this game looks good. It's this is this is a beautiful looking game. Um, I don't know what story they will tell. It's probably something that repeats the original Avatar storyline, given like. The humans are there, and the military is attacking the Navi. But this looks cool. Um, I'm actually really interested in seeing what they can do uh, with this property. Race, what about you? What are you most excited for? What was the biggest surprise? Um, it's not my most anticipated or like the most excited one, but I saw a hilarious tweet on at the Avatar one of someone saying like, "I really wonder how they're gonna." Uh, connect the adaptive controller and the haptic feedback when the Navi like connects to an animal and <laughs> I just I like am kind of weirded out to know what that's going to feel like in my hands um, but oddly enough like though the one that I'm really excited for is uh, Riders Republic I love like um, extreme oh, sports games did you, did you skip over this Rob? 
No, no, no. I had mentioned I it. Over okay. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This and is, so, this is one that I'm like super excited for. Yeah. I I've loved extreme sports games growing up my entire life. Like any Tony Hawk, any like SSX, uh, Steep Skate is like probably my most played video game of all time. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: I was like top five in Skate One in the world at one point in my life, which is I don't know if that's sad or impressive. But, no, it's impressive. In this uh, house, it's impressive. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so I'm super excited for this. Like, there's so much crazy stuff in this game. Like, some of it reminds me of Trials. Some of it reminds me of, of Steep. Some of it reminds me of, like, Skate. It's just, it's like Red Bull, the video game. And I, I fully expect it, yes. to be, like, cracked out on energy drinks playing this game with a few people. So I'm, I'm super yeah. excited for this. Yeah. I think it'll I'll, be a blast. Ali said he has hammers and stuff going off uh, in his apartment right now, but he did say this is what he imagined Fall Guys to be or, or aim to yeah. be uh, in yeah. the past. And like, yeah, it, it looks cool. Um, I, you know, we've gotten stuff like Steep in the past uh, from Ubisoft or Ubisoft. Uh, and like, just seeing them take everything they've kind of done and put it into one thing. It seems cool because I don't think we've had too many of these uh, type of games anymore. And if it's a giant playground, just to goof off and have fun, have fun with friends, I'm down. Okay. And actually, real quick, because you did the whole Ubisoft Ubisoft thing, right? Let's just put this to bed because I'm sick and tired of this. Okay. It is Ubisoft. The company was originally called Ubiquitous Software. Okay. <laughs> it is Ubisoft. And to prove my point. On all of their trailers, you'll see they have the tag that under the title, it says a Ubisoft original, not an Ubisoft original, because uh, U has a hard Y sound. That's why it's a Ubisoft original. Okay. Then your homework. Yeah. Look at this, Mr. English teacher. How do you, how do you pronounce GIF or JIF? No, it's, it's, it's GIF. I don't care what that guy says. He's wrong. <laughs> it's GIF. Okay. Uh, no, it's funny. I don't I, honestly Ubisoft's pres- conference and their presentation wasn't the flashiest. It was a lot of games that were already mm-hmm. announced and things we already knew about. But top to bottom, it was really solid. Yeah. So I'm I'm anticipating so much from them, and they continue to be one of my favorite publishers. That I don't even know what my most anticipated is out of this. But this by far was the biggest surprise. Like yeah. everything, and granted, they're showing a lot of different sports here. Mm-hmm. And whether or not all of these disciplines actually handle well and are fun will are yet to be seen. But the snowboarding in particular, you talk about steep. I remember I fell in love with Amped on the original oh, Xbox. Yeah. That was the one I used to play all the time. And sex on PlayStation. Like, yeah. yeah. And so I love those games. And the snowboarding in this looked like it had that right mix of being a little bit silly and over the top and just being fun. Mm -hmm. And so I am very, very uh, excited for this and very, very surprised by this. This sold me a hundred percent to the point where I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a a day one. And considering how well Ubisoft supports their games, like this does seem like something that could end up being massive for them. Yeah. And like speaking of support, like I don't want to pivot away from this too much, but like, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, a game that already takes over 100 hours to complete, is getting a second year worth of DLC support. And it has it just released one expansion, and the second one's coming later this year. It, it, their ongoing support when games should have died is, I, I think, for me, a reason to stick with it. Like I think there was, even before E3, they announced like 
additional DLC coming to The Crew 2. And I don't know anybody that plays The Crew 2. Oh. <laughs> but like, they shut the servers down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, 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 stick, they stick with their guns uh, and they continue to support it. So, you know, I think Ali just texted me saying this is the Pilot Wings MMORPG <laughs> that we've all been uh, asking for. <laughs> Yeah, no, a hundred, a hundred and ten percent. Like, it's one. Of, it's also one of those things where I, I'm just so curious about how this is all gonna work. Yeah. Because for it looks like this is an almost like a live service game, right? Where it is this shared world. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. It yeah. is a shared shared world, and so like, how are these servers gonna hold up? How many people are gonna be in it? Is it one of those things where kind of like the way Forza does it, where people are driving through, yeah. but it's not until you start an actual race that mm-hmm. people are loading in together on one server? Like, I'm curious, just from a technical standpoint, how this is going to work and how it's going to run. Uh, and I'm curious to see what the gameplay mechanics are going to be. It's got to be one of those things where they can't, none of them can feel samey, right? They all have to feel unique, but they all have to be fun. And so I think it's a massive endeavor and something that might not pan out, but if it does, I, I mean, it just seems like exactly what I could go for right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then, and I, so, and then, just like I think the last thing I want to quickly touch upon for Ubisoft was extraction, because uh, you know we did mention that there's a lot of these like Back for Blood. Uh, I think what was the other one? Anacurus, um, shown at Anacrosis. Anacrosis. Um, yeah, it's a lot of these uh, co-op monster shooters uh this one's with aliens in this case but the cool thing i think i like here is it's taking like the tech from siege and adapting it to uh aliens and like how do you deal with them and so yeah so i I, i'm excited for that angle of all this yeah so what differentiates this from all those other ones is that those other ones are for the most part running gunning learning how to handle and deal with a horde where this you can see them checking the corners this is rainbow this is still rainbow six siege right it's still that universe and so it is more tactical and they showed off a gameplay emma where there's a chance that one of you guys could get got right and if you are you lose that that operator and access to that operator till you go back in with somebody else and rescue them so i think that is very cool it also sets up i think some fun scenarios where i think friends are going to be very mad at other <laughs> friends and say that they left them behind essentially and guilting them into playing one more so they can get their guy back. And so I, I'm looking forward to seeing just kind of the dynamics um, and how this actually plays out. And I, I still play Rainbow Six Siege to this day and talk about games that they support and being able to play with that engine with those kind of controls and those kind of tactics, but just in a different setting. Uh, it's exciting. I'm excited for that. And so, and then if, uh, you know, Ali wants to send you a message on what he's most excited for <laughs> out of all these games. It was Riders Republic. Okay, cool. Yeah. And he and said then, you were right on both when it came to the uh, Ubisoft discussion. Ah, see? Yeah. Uh, listen, Bilal's out, Ali's in. I like that he, he backs me up and he lets me talk. So... <laughs> Um, all right, so quickly I'm going to go over Devolver Digital. So Devolver Digital, I actually 
miss this one. I, I mean, I follow up on news, but I miss actually watching the conference. It seems like once again, they had one of the better produced and one of the funnier conferences. They have found this sweet spot where they do not take themselves serious at all while still showing off games that would fly under the radar normally. And so they showed off some uh, Shadow Warrior 3 gameplay. Uh, check to Yomi. Uh, they had a 2D action game set in Feudal Japan. Looks to take the samurai ways of Ghost of Tsushima and remove the third dimension. And then Phantom Abyss, which is an upcoming asynchronous action game. And that game launches on June 22nd into early access. Uh, Wizard with a Gun was revealed. And it looks like that's an isometric action game. Again, that one also looks like you're taking on hordes of enemies. and. Yeah. There's uh, Death's Door. This one I want to spend some time about right after. Okay, well, why don't yeah. you go ahead? No, why don't you go ahead and talk about it right now? Actually, while right. I go get some water. So, yeah, this one is. I saw a glimpse of this. Uh, I I had a stream on in the background. And it just caught my eye really quick. Um, you play this little. I don't even know what he is. Uh, the guy with the sight, but the action, the combat in this, it, it, I think they said it was inspired by Zelda, but it seems a lot faster uh, like than Hades. Zelda. Yeah, yeah it seems, like... uh, rhymes me a lot of, yeah, a lot of Hades. And it just, the style of it looks cool, the art, um, and, you know, yeah, like, you got that umbrella find, which is kind of like uh, finding an item in Zelda. But it just has this really cool look and feel that just grabbed me from the get-go. Um, and I, I'm, I don't know. It, it just speaks to me at a level that's like, I want to play this game, uh, as soon as possible. And, you know, it comes out July 20th on Xbox Series X, uh, Xbox at well, Series S, uh, the one and PC. So I'm not sure if yeah, this is that, a Game Pass title, but, um, very It's funny because the, the art style almost reminds me, like, if you were doing a... Uh, what's it called? Mystery Falls? That's the name of that show, right? Oh, Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. Thank you. Yes. Gravity Falls. Yes. I love Gravity uh, Falls. And so like, the art style kind of reminds me of that. And it looks very cool. I mean, I I think we come on here and we talk often about when we're talking about the games we were playing, we we're talking about the big titles we've been playing and stuff like that. But the reality is I play a ton of these type of games as well. And I mean, even yesterday when I was doing this stream, that's what I was mostly playing were these type of smaller indie games. That's what the demo event is about. And so I like that Devolver does hit on this presentation and give the time to these games that, like I said, might not get the attention they deserve at some of the bigger press conferences. And then there was also Inscription, which appears to be a deck building adventure game. Uh, this is, uh, uh, Ollie, can you come on mic? Because this, this is all you. No, he's, he's, he's yeah. sitting, he's sitting, he's sitting, all right. The worst, the worst <laughs> time for, yeah, the worst time for hammers to happen. Yeah, yeah, um, but and, deck building. He said the two for him. Uh, this was death store and inscription. And if there's if it has deck building, uh, in the genre, uh, title, then uh, he's hundred percent in with it. So here's the funny thing about me: I love deck building games. And I play them all for exactly four hours and then fall off. But I play all of them. Like, I don't know what it is that, why I just can't see them through. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm definitely gonna check that out. They also showed off 
uh, Devolver Tumble Time, which is a mobile puzzle game. It's going to be free to play and will launch in this year for iOS and Android. Demon Throttle, which is a throwback to arcade bullet hell shooters. And was that the last one? Oh, and this game will be exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. The other thing is, the cool thing about this, besides the fact that I actually... Can you play the trailer on this one, Demon Throttle? Yeah, let me... Is uh, I, I like these... I like these bullet hell games. Uh, and Returnal is the game most recently that kind of scratched that itch a little bit. And just playing that made me want to find something else kind of in this genre. What's interesting about this one is that they are not releasing this digitally. <laughs> they are just going with a physical yeah, I release saw for that. this. What's, what's the deal with that? I think, I mean, it's, in my opinion, I think it's just a, you know, a headline and marketing yeah. stunt to be like, Looks, we're so old school that we're only releasing on cartridge. Uh, that being said, I think it's cool and it's, I'm, I'm probably going to buy it just because of that. This you know? reminds and, me of like a Game Boy Color game, like for the Final Fantasy yeah. Legends games uh, mm-hmm. of old, uh, yeah, this looks real cool. <laughs> yeah. And so that was everything announced at Devolver. Um, Where are we going I mean, next? Uh, I think we show. go on. Yeah, this one. Oh, this one's so brutal. This one's brutal not only because, Ed, Ed, look, it's no secret that I play most of my stuff on Xbox. And I have since the original Xbox, honestly. Now I own a PS5, I own a Switch, and I like to think I play everything, you know? But. If you were like, you know, if I had to pick a side, pick a team, right? I'm an Xbox guy, you know? And so this was the one where I, the one press conference I was most excited for. I did not know necessarily what to expect and actually was very surprised in what we ended up getting. They came out right away and they were like, hey, we're going to show you 30 games. And 27 of those games are going to be available on Game Pass. Day one. Which is absolutely insane. Before we even go through these, think about that for a second, right? Even if somehow you saw 30 games and didn't see something that, like, screamed to you that uh, as being your thing, with Game Pass, you could try these games out and maybe find a new thing, you know? And that's the thing that kept going through my head is that, and I think it's smart because it also colors the way you look at all of this stuff, right? When you're seeing some of these other press conferences, if something seems interesting but doesn't grab you right away, you tend to just brush it off and ignore it. Where in this, almost every single one, especially the, every single one that was coming to Game Pass, I was like, you know what, I'll give that a shot because why not, you know? And so as a whole, I think it made everything feel stronger, the whole conference as a whole stronger. I'm going to go through this as quickly as I can, and we'll stop and talk about some for sure. Uh, so Starfield, the big news out of this is, first off, they showed it off. They showed off that it is going to be an Xbox exclusive. Which they some... said like 20 times. Yes, <laughs> right. They're just like exclusive, console yeah. exclusive. Yeah. And so uh, they showed off kind of a little teaser, an official teaser trailer is what they showed off. And it kind of showed you the vibe of the game. There was 
some videos that they they released like the next day I believe it was uh yeah yesterday on Monday kind of showing off a little bit more of the world and the environment here we only get a little snippet of what the environment looks like and part of it looks a bit barren or out in space but the video they showed the next day showed different environments lush environments more colors in, at, at play and it very much is going to be a western rpg the type that you expect out of bethesda and it seems like they're also going to do uh regular updates and regular videos kind of showing off the world and introducing players to that. The big thing to come out of it for me was that the game is launching November 11th, 2022. Now there was some talk about when this game would be released. I know some people were hoping that some big surprise announcement, it being this year, I I figured there was no chance, even though Bethesda has done that in the past. I figured with something like this, a new IP where people don't know what to expect that they would give this some, time to breathe it had as much of a chance coming out this year as god of war did yeah <laughs> well uh, the difference being is they said god of war was coming this year yeah, okay which is but, bonkers but uh yeah, this art looks yeah, fantastic no, by the way yes oh yeah see yeah you, you brought yeah. up the video just to kind of see what i'm uh, what, uh, what i was talking about what they showed off and Part of me kind of wishes, I understand, they only had 90 minutes and they had a ton of things they were showing off, but I kind of wish we got a little bit of this during that because while I was very hyped about what they showed off and very excited to find out that it's coming out, you know, uh, November of next year, I thought this looked so much better, yeah. the stuff they're showing now, and, and puts it more in line with what I'm looking for. Yeah, and just you... even those shots of the terrains, like the different types of terrains, like just... <laughs> I, I haven't seen this video, so that itself like got me a lot more interested than the the teaser did. Um, yeah, I'm the I forgot what the quote was, but I think they said it's like you're kind of like a Han Solo in space, but the story is also one about hope. Uh, so it's yes. not not like Fallout where it's just like you're just trying to survive and be an asshole to everybody just to get by. Um, yeah, but. Uh, it were like all these shots like we just me and my wife just got done watching for all mankind on uh apple tv plus which is like the alternate history of like if russia beat us to the moon and what that would have done to the moon race uh and like what how the world reacts to you know building out to the moon and going to mars things like that and so it's just like a lot of the visuals a lot of like the concepts from the trailers the the art are that and it you know i love that show I'm super excited for this, um, just based off of what I'm seeing. So, I hope it doesn't it knocks it out of the park. And they're mm-hmm. creating this using a new engine as well. So, yeah. uh, hopefully, Starfield is great. It doesn't have that Fallout issue of all those bugs. Yeah, all the bugs, <laughs> yeah. God, and right. then, and then that means uh, even if it does have some bugs, Elder Scrolls Six will benefit from that because they like yep. they use the same engine. Yep. I also just want to say the the lo- like the inner designer in me was freaking out, but the logo on this game is phenomenal, and I'm oh yeah, if that's no, all we get. Like... Great, <laughs> great yeah. logo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's that logo right. right there. So. The next the next thing they showed off was Stalker Two: Heart of Chernobyl. They went with a little bit of a longer gameplay trailer, kind of showing off what we can expect from the game's narrative, uh, and the tone of the game itself this game reminds me a lot of what's that other metro metro, metro. yes reminds me a lot of, of metro i actually thought it was really cool that the entire trailer was in russian with english subtitles underneath um 
again, this is one of those games launching into Game Pass. I didn't quite get into the Metro series. Uh, I think the enemy types in this are super interesting looking, and I like the idea of these anomalies and have to throw the the bolts to kind of detect where where it is and stuff is is kind of cool and if it can keep kind of a tense almost you know uh horror like tone in the in how tense it is i think this could be very much up my alley yeah um and like i think the facial work that was done in this trailer like it's it's high quality um i'll show some of this off because i think it does deserve uh some uh, some work here. Yeah, and I, I thought like the gameplay aspect of like there's these anomalies out in the, in the world, and you're just throwing these like bolts to see where to walk, uh, so you don't like kill yourself. Combust. Yeah, yeah, so yeah combust. combust. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it's actually like it, it's it looks pretty neat, um, and I believe this is Game Pass Day One. Yes, it is. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, they showed off more Back for Blood again. That launches October twelfth. Uh, the trailer also talked about the human versus zombies competitive mode. I kind of expected that we would get a mode like this because Left 4 Dead 2 had a mode like this as well. And so that wasn't too big of a surprise for me. It was great seeing more of the game. Then this one I found interesting. So it looks like Avalanche is going to be publishing an Xbox exclusive, uh, developing an Xbox exclusive uh, called Contraband. We don't get much about it in this. Uh, Outside the but. fact that it's a co-op smuggler's paradise set in the fictional world of 1970s bayon i'm not sure where that is uh so again it uh i think the it, it looks like it could be cool but there's just not a lot on to go from here yeah, yeah. i didn't get I anything from this trailer <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah i was like this kind of reminds me of uncharted-esque like it, uh, yes uh, agreed that was the vibe i was getting yeah or like I could see Nathan Drake in this room planning it out with yeah. Sully, uh, but I mean, outside of it being a smuggler's, a paradise, open map, open world, and uh, co-op, there's not much more going on here. So it's kind of hard to get excited. But it's cool to see that Avalanche is working on something. Yeah, on an open world for and a world game for and Xbox, a new IP. which is a, yeah, yeah, which is a genre that they are kind of lacking right now. Yeah, and so. The next announcement was Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life, a little crossover with Pirates of the Caribbean. We saw some Jack Sparrow in, in this. A sea of Thieves is one of those things where when it first came out, I thought it was a very cool concept and good bones, but it just wasn't the content. And then about six months ago or stuff like the, something like that, maybe a little bit more, sometime during this pandemic, I got pulled back into it because my friends started getting into it. And... As long as they're driving the driving the ship, right? Uh, as long as they're deciding and kind of showing me where the content is and stuff like that, there is so much more to do in this game. This game is so much fun now versus what it launched as. So this is one of those things where I saw this, and while I'm not the biggest Pirates of the Caribbean fan, for me it was like, hey, new content, some new kind of activities to do and stuff like that, I'd, I'd be more than happy to hop back into that. If I could just get the Pirates of the Caribbean theme in this game, I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, if you can if you can play it on the, with the instruments. The, yeah, oh, that'd be so play. cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, the entire Yakuza franchise is now available on Xbox Game Pass with the addition of Yakuza Like a Dragon. Bilal has talked on this podcast 
many many times about how good that play game like is a dragon real. play zero yes um yeah you start either with yakuza zero or yakuza like a dragon can't go wrong with either uh, one as a starting point fantastic game. there were there was a new gameplay trailer for battlefield 2042 okay that showed off kind of the, the yeah. combat this game absolutely insane in october insane. it's insane <laughs> and listen and, and again this is like a directed gameplay trailer yeah. right so our experience is don't get me wrong. I'm going to try to do some of that stuff, you know, <laughs> but our experiences aren't going to be quite the same. My only problem with, I really like, uh, you know, I mentioned I had uh, a last podcast. I was having someone come over to watch it with me in person. I turned to him and I was talking to him. And I, the one thing that bothers me about battlefield as a whole is because the gameplay and they talked about how, you know, the main mode in this game, the main multiplayer mode in this game is going to be 128 players, so it's 60, um, 64 on 64. Yeah. Where in the past it was just 64. And this game ha- always looks fantastic. The audio design is some of the best in the industry. I mean, it's really not even close, you know, for the most part when, it, when you're talking about these shooters. Call of Duty's audio design has nothing on, on Battlefields. And yet, because the player base is so large, often kind of feels like what you're doing doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my one problem. Now, if what I'm doing looks like this and I can have these cool personal moments that I could take clips from and, you know, pit on my social medias or, or stream out when we're streaming and stuff like that, like I'm, it made me very, very excited. And the, as always, the game looked great. And so, um, now the one thing, did they say whether or not this is launching? This is launching into Game Pass, isn't it? Um, as as part of Game Pass Ultimate. I know it's an EA property, but it being multiplayer only, I thought I had saw that it was coming to Game Pass. Maybe uh, I you know. might have missed that, but let me. I'll double check that if you want to move on. That's all right. Yeah, we'll keep it going. The next thing is they showed off a little bit more uh, gameplay for twelve minutes. This is something that had been announced. What was it last year? Two years I ago. Know, it's been in the works for quite a, a long time. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I, again, it kind of just showed more of what we were already expecting. I know. And what we already knew about. And so, I, I again, I'm still very, very excited for it. Yeah. You know, but not too much new. It, it's, out of it, it, well, we got, we got a launch date for it, finally. Cause, August, uh, right? It's in August, yeah. and it's about a man stuck in a 12 minute time loop, and it stars. Willem Dafoe, James McAvoy, and Daisy Ridley. Like stacked cast, s- stacked cast. Uh, so I'm hoping it's good if they were able to wrangle all of those. I mean, we were talking about how how stupidly long the runs in Returnal were. So like having a game where like I assume a run is 12 minutes is gonna be really fun and like the playable, like the replayable factor of it. Hopefully, is great. It seems it seems really cool. Like if it stays like this top down kind of view, and like the narrative is strong. Like, yeah. I'm just curious on, like, how many different things can happen in this 12 minutes and, like, if you really have control over it. So uh, the, the potential is there. I'm super excited for this one, too. Yep. Yeah. No, 100%. Uh, we got an official date for Psychonauts 2. That's launching on August 25th, and they showed a little bit more gameplay off in their trailer. This game looks great. I mean, I'm actually playing through the original one now because I never played it back when it launched. And I'm having a good time. I think the characters are awesome. I think the writing is pretty funny. I do think that, obviously, I'm playing an Xbox game, you know, and so some of the controls are a little bit dated. But to play an updated version of it, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's also one of those things where, you know, I'm playing Ratchet & Clank right now on the, on the PS5, and this kind of 
action platformer, this mascot platformer, I would love to see the return of these in a big way. You know, if we can get good quality ones coming on a fairly regular basis, I would love nothing more than for this game to come out, be fantastic, and us having another franchise that we can see every couple of years. Do you think playing the first one is a must for two? I know it's kind of hard I, to I mean, say without... Right. It seems like what they showed off in this trailer that... You know what? I'm going to say no. Okay. Right? Because there's already parts of it where they're showing off characters. and But you have to imagine that they're just going to recap everything in the beginning. It's been too long mm-hmm. since the first one came out that I, I don't think it'll be necessary. <laughs> Especially since they are taking it to a different lo- location. Yeah. Ali goes, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think he disagrees with you. So about about having to play the first one yeah. for this one. I mean, I could be wrong, but I have faith that they'll catch everybody up to speed. Yeah. Uh, that being said, you should play the first one. I'm having a good time. It's on Game Pass. No reason not to play it. He gets. He says you'll miss 800 inside jokes, setting, world building, etc. Okay, so that I yeah. I do agree with is that you are gonna miss inside jokes. Like I said, this game. This franchise is based on humor. It has a double fine humor. And so he is right about that. Uh, Bethesda Games coming to Game Pass, just filling out that catalog now that they are under the umbrella of Microsoft. And we're going to see Doom Eternal hop in there to Game Pass this fall. They showed off Fallout 76 Steel Rain. I'm not a huge Fallout fan. I'm definitely not a Fallout 76 fan, so this did nothing for me. Next. They showed off some, yeah. They showed yeah. off Elder Scrolls Online getting updated for the Series X and S. They showed off Party Animals, which is very much like a Gang Beast type game. It yeah. looked like I thought it was Gang Beast for the longest time, uh, which was weird not to see it be the case. Uh, I don't know what's up with all the fluffy animals fighting each other after Super Animal Royale. <laughs> now we got Party <laughs> Animals. Hey, listen, I'm all for it. The more silly party games the better in my opinion i mean that's kind of the beauty of where we are where the industry is as far as video games is concerned is there really is something for everyone these days you know yeah and so something like this again it's one of those things especially coming into game pass it's one of those things where like we could just play it on a whim and we might find our next favorite wind down game you know yeah that's very true it looks Uh, it looks like a fun time Hades making the jump to Xbox consoles on August 13th also coming to Game Pass now this is exciting but also a super bummer for me because I literally just bought this game like a month and a half ago on Switch (laughs) honestly they deserve the money (laughs) yeah no no that's true that's true that's true that's true 100% but now I'm wondering if I finish my 10 runs on the Switch or if I just start over on no, Xbox. No, it has safe progressions. Uh, I know between Switch and Steam uh, or in Epic Games, you can carry over your save. So I imagine they will build this in for PS4 and Xbox as well. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. All right, so maybe I won't have to choose. And that would be great because then I could get yeah. my Hades on the go in the form of the Switch and then play an up-res version yeah. on the TV. I think all you need to do is uh, upload the save uh, to yeah. the cloud and then it just pull it down on the next console where you just sign in and connect accounts. Next thing we got was Somerville. This is probably a game that uh, mostly speaks to me. I don't know if anybody else is into yeah. this kind of stuff, but it's a post-apocalyptic 2D adventure game in the same vein as Inside. 
It's from the inside Traders. Limbo. Of oh, it inside, is. yeah. Is it? I don't think it's from Play Dead. I, I believe it it's was. It's just in the same vein as it, right? I was. Yeah. I could have sworn uh, it was Play Dead. Uh, anyway, so this game launches in 2022. It is one of those 2D side-scrolling puzzle platformer esque. I feel games. like this game is gonna ruin me. It like looks really like heavy and like narrative driven, and I don't know. There's a dog it, and a it's, child. <laughs> it's comprised. It's from a new studio called Jump Ship, which is comprised of Play Dead veterans. Okay, so there you go. All right, gotcha. yeah. Uh, they showed off more Halo Infinite and gave us a kind of a big deep dive into a bigger look at the multiplayer. Right, this is basically their multiplayer reveal. They went into a deeper dive the next day yeah. with a video focused on it and stuff like that. This looks like classic Halo. It looks like Halo Three. But I'm modernized so on, on, on cocaine. And yes, I am so hyped. I, I turned to my buddy because this is what we were both most excited for was to see this. And everything I saw in this video, I was like, I'm going to try that. It's not going to work. I'm, we're going to lose because I'm trying this. But I'm going to try this a million times. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go back on this one. Grappling hook to the ceiling. Sniper headshot. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. when they first showed new that, meaning no. to 360 no-scopes. Yeah. It, yep. it, it's, it's like... Uh, Mobility has been something that's increased in first-person shooters. Like, there's verticality now in shooters. There's, like, wall running, like, with Titanfall and stuff. And Halo fell behind. Like, the when Halo added sprinting, people were like, oh, I'm trying to be Call of Duty now. But, like, it needed it because, like, if you go back and play Halo 3 now, the movement is slow. So it's just, like, new ways of moving around the map and doing cool shit, like, that, that fits in the world. Um. Yeah, it's cool. And, and I will say, it does look like they are going kind of back to the Halo Three movement, where you're not going to get kind of the dash that you got in Five. Yeah. It does look like. Mm -hmm. However, these character models are definitely moving much faster than they did in Halo oh, Three, yeah. and yeah. so I am I am so so excited. I mean, one of the last reviews I ever wrote for anything was uh hey um. Uh, Halo Five actually for was it for the work print or was it <laughs> no it was, that one was for the work print yeah. and so and I talked I in that review I talked how while it's not the perf a perfect game for me that it was a perfect game for me especially because that multiplayer felt good and I've always thought the multiplayer felt has always felt good and I am so so excited for this and I think I'm very happy that they took the time to kind of get it to where they wanted it to be they also talked about how this is just the beginning how they will be introducing new modes in the future and they're kind of just launching with um, a focus on arena and big team battle mm -hmm. and uh, as far as multiplayer is concerned yeah and they announced um, uh, multiplayer is free to play uh, yes battle passes carry over they never expire uh, yep. which is awesome and so you know I, I'm just really they're doing a lot of cool stuff because I think we were talking about battle passes earlier, um, or last week, Rob. I have how it's like it's annoying to buy a battle pass and then just fall off a game and then be like, well, I and guess not finish it. I'm not yeah. gonna get that skin. And so what they've done is you can get uh, you can buy the battle pass, you can buy the next battle pass, and you can just choose which one you want to put your experience towards, so you never feel like you're missing out by not playing. Uh, which is yeah, nice. you always have yeah, yeah, you'll always have the opportunity to get it if you actually want to put in the work. Yeah. 
which more games should do honestly i mean i paid for i paid for the opportunity to get those skins like let me unlock the rest of those skins yep. or whatever it is that's in the battle pass uh diablo 2 resurrected was shown off they did confirm that it's getting next gen optimization on xbox series x and s that game launches on september 23rd a plague tale requiem a sequel to the adventure stealth game a plague tale innocence was confirmed by publisher focus home interactive that game launches in 2022 that was again a you're gonna cool trailer uh makes yes. me want to play the first plague tale yeah yes i, I hear i've heard nothing but good things about the first one mm-hmm. i just stealth games are very hit or miss with me mm-hmm. so uh we'll see i think what i heard was solid b game and sometimes you just need a solid b game in your life yeah and then and again this game is launching in 2022 that's what i was talking about actually at the top of all of this was that one thing that surprised me about microsoft pest conferences and actually e3 as a whole is that it is stuff that we're gonna be playing soon you know like even starfield which is november 11 2022 like just knowing that that is just next year you know and time flies right but there was a roadmap laid out especially for microsoft and they talked about this more after press conference where they are essentially launching a game into game pass a big triple a game into game pass every single month for like the next six months uh they showed off some more far cry 6 we've already talked about that they showed off slime rancher 2 the sequel to the cult classic farming management game you Uh, you played the first one quite a bit right yeah, I played a little bit when it was still in the preview program, and I've actually played a little bit of it since, trying to get see if my daughter would like it, trying to get her uh, into it. I this this is one of those games that's very much a like laid back. So I talked about not really being into sim management games. This is like kind of the one exception actually, and so this is very much like a laid back, relaxed at the end of the night, just play for a couple hours. They're so you know? cute. Yeah, and that game launches in twenty twenty two. So we talked about Riders Republic. This is another one that I'm glad actually that this is coming out in and coming into Game Pass is Shredders. So Shredders is a snowboarding game, and this is more in the vein of like Amped and those snowboarding games where it's more sim. So you're not going to see over-the-top tricks here. You know, you are going to see kind of a more realistic snowboarding experience. This is an SSX tricky, you know. You mean I can't do um, the 900 of Tony Hawk in real life? Yeah. But, like, look, you yeah. see this. Yeah. Like, for the most part, you're getting one rotation, maybe two, you know, on all these tricks. And this is it, the same way that Slime Rancher is, like, a relaxed game. That's what these games were for me, you know, yeah. is I would just put on a custom soundtrack because the Xbox 360 used oh, to let yeah. you rip those, you know. Oh. And now, now I can just have Spotify playing in the background turn down the in-game music and just relax and and play something like this i i'm excited i hope this is very good yeah i mean Um, it says uh it takes inspiration from snowboarding movies and the amp games from the original xbox so amazing yeah perfect was really good at that like just just cruising around just like having like a super relaxing time with like you said just some of the music you love to play and yeah i don't know it's like some of the best gaming moments so I hope this lives up to it, too. All right. The next game they showed off was Atomic Heart. This one came out of nowhere. This is this was such a weird, cool, interesting trailer. This is like... It disturbs me. This is like almost Kojima-esque in some of the stuff that you see here. It, it is... The robot design is so disturbing to me, and I can't put my finger on why it is... 
It's like semi-organic, but like... Yeah, it takes place in the Soviet Union in an alternate reality sometime in 1955, where technology like the internet, holograms, robots have already been invented. Uh, you play as a special agent called P3 who is sent by the government to investigate a manufacturing facility that has fallen silent. So I'm guessing a robot revolution of some kind. I love like the test dummy mustache. Oh, that one's the one that gets me. Like, <laughs> oh, 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 fuck. I don't know where it is, but it just right, right there. Laugh. Right there. Yeah. Look at yeah. look at that. That. <laughs> I, I don't I, know, man. I, this... I hate it. I absolutely game... hate it. This game looks very, very cool. Also, it does look like it could be a janky mess, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I'm excited for this. So we'll see what happens. I'm also excited, very excited for the next game, Replaced, this uh, oh, 2D yeah. Pixar adventure game. That I think the story is that an AI has been pit inside uh, somebody's head, right? So the, uh, AI trapped and, in a human body against its own Exactly. Life. Yep. And so, I mean... Everything about this from the art, the way the combat looks. I mean, this is a very, very slick trailer and has me super hyped for this. Yeah, this was my yeah. favorite trailer from E3, I think, which at, is a lot. At first, I thought it was just like a shot. And then I was like, where's the gameplay? You know, like they're just, yeah. this is cool pixel art whatnot. And then like you see him swinging and climbing and I was like, oh shit, this looks amazing. But yeah, like, no, I am. My one problem with this is like we've seen a lot of pixel art games before and they just never come out. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just. There's well, so many cool this one does. Ones. This one is supposed to launch in 2022. I also like what they're doing and the last couple scenes they showed off where they mess with the perspective mm-hmm. and the angle and stuff like that as the combat and gameplay yeah. goes on. Uh, I am. I I hope this is good, man. Yeah, nice. I, I really I, hope so. Uh, the next thing they talked about was a new update for Grounded, the Shroom and Doom update. Have any of you guys played Grounded at all? I tried it out when it first came out, um, and then I was just like, I'll wait for, uh, I'll wait for it to get a couple updates and stuff like that. Plus my graphics card and my Windows build were, were not behaving, so, uh, performance wasn't great. So, of all of these, like, survival games, this genre, where you kind of find the fun yourself this is the one that has grabbed me the most and the one that i've enjoyed playing the most i never really got into minecraft or any of any of those types of games terraria and stuff like that but grounded was the first one where i was like i could see myself putting a ton of hours into this the one thing that did bother me was i played it right when it launched and it still is in preview it's not a full game or release yet so it was super content light so I'm seeing this trailer was one of those things where like maybe th- finally I'll go back because this is like the third update they've had since then. Um, but part of me also just wants to wait until they're like, okay, it's out. Uh, this is a full game. But I also feel like they're never going to say it's a full game, that they're just going to keep releasing these kind of up- smaller updates. Uh, they showed off Among Us again. Coming to uh, consoles, they showed off- 15 players. Yeah. Yeah, the 15 players is nuts. That's too many players. Yeah, but, and yeah. I don't know how you, like, unless you're in party chat with folks or unless there's, like, voice chat, I don't know how you do the typing on console fast enough to accuse people. With yeah, randoms, I mean, at it's, least. yeah, there's probably, there's going to have to be some sort of quick chat system. Like, yeah. it was red, I saw blue, whatever. Um, 
All right, Bilal, you want to pronounce this next one right. for me? How do you yeah, I think this? it's Ayudin Chronicles, uh, 100 Heroes. All right. So uh, if you are a fan of the Swedekin uh, games, or the RPGs back on the original PlayStation, this is from those creators. Uh, and my god, uh, I didn't kickstart this because it's not going to come out until 2023, but I really wanted to. But it already hit its goal. I was like, I'll just wait. But the art looks gorgeous. The combat... The combat so is. Look at this. Look, look how the combat plays out. It's it's gorgeous. Um, and, and like these are RPGs where like the the title of the game is a hundred heroes. It's because you will get a hundred heroes for your party, um, which is, sounds ridiculous. But you know, games like Chrono Cross um, and the this weekend series, it was quite common for you to get all these characters. Uh, and then they also announced. Uh, uh, Rising, which comes out next year, which is like a little hack and slash, which will take he- heroes that you meet in, um, th- that you will get to have in your party in 100 heroes. Uh, you'll get in Rising, and your save data carries over, and you get some cool bonuses that way. So, the next thing, yeah, I mean, it looks cool. Yeah. I- I've never played any of those other games, so this will be my first foray into this yeah. type of game. And so, um, Again, this was one of those things where, where I said before is that I've never played a game like that before. It's not necessarily my thing, but because it was being shown, and I believe that one's also launching into Game Pass as well, right? Yep. Did they say on this one? Yeah. And so, like, there's no reason for me not to try it. The, speaking of launching into Game Pass, they also showed off more of The Ascent, which actually releases next month, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, July 29th. Yeah. And I am already, like, they super, super excited about yeah. this game. Like, we... And here's a cool thing. Um, over on the Switch um, channel, I think me and you have been trying to find games that we want to play together. And everything that's been announced coming to Game Pass or updates to existing games on Game Pass that are multiplayer are there. We don't need to spend a penny to find content <laughs> to play and stream, which is like, which is a really nice feeling to have. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. They also showed off more of Age of Empires 4. Uh, that game launches on October 28th. The next trailer they showed off was a... The best trailer. Non, yeah, it was a non-cinematic trailer for the sequel to The Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds 2 is just making fun of stereotypical game trailers. Obviously, this game is very early in. I was shocked that we even had this as yeah. an announcement, and this is the one game that kind of bucks that trend of like not showing things that are too far out. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I think I that, uh, read some. Uh, I forgot who said it. It might have been Jeff Grubb. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but they said that they want to get this announced so they can uh, start hiring for the team that will be building this or like, you know, expand, uh, expand on that team just so, uh, you know, you get the title off there. You can just be like, Hey, we're building another one of these. Uh, cause you know, a lot of stuff does leak through job descriptions. So, right. Yeah. Um, no. And Hey, I'm fine. I was pleasantly surprised to see this get announced. Mm-hmm. I really love that first one. I think we need more Western RPGs in this style that are only 25 to 30 hours. Yeah. At least that you can beat it and mainline it in that time and then if you want to invest more time in it you can and that first one got uh, a couple well two three runs of dlc as well yep uh they also showed off microsoft flight simulator console edition that is coming july so this is coming next month as well they also showed off a crossover expansion with top gun maverick <laughs> uh i 
think this game and I went back and watched like the 4K trailer of it. This game looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's cool that it's coming to console. I don't. I know that the game already does a pretty good job of allowing it to be extremely sim or a little bit more arcadey if you want with some of the assists and stuff like that. So I could see myself kind of getting in and, and, and giving it a, a, a try. It's just not the kind of game for me where I'm going to be like, all right, we're going from DC to Vegas. <laughs> We've got, you know, three and a half hours. As long as we get good win, I'm just going to let it coast for three and a half hours and, you know, sim it all the way and role play it all the way. That being said, I do have a friend who was super, super excited about this. And the fact that this is only coming to the S and X and not coming to Xbox one is what's pushing him over the edge to finally make that leap and, and pick up a next gen. And then of course, after this was shown off, there was the announcement that I think it's turtle beach is making a controller for yeah. this game. Oh, yeah. it's a crate. It's a crazy controller. It's really yeah. nice. It's also like three hundred bucks. So yeah. Was it now this this next trailer caught me off guard because we talked about this before. How my yeah. expectation was that they would show Forza Motorsport, the next Forza Motorsport, because they had taken that year off and kind of messed with the cadence of how these games normally release. And so to see Forza Horizon Five actually get announced uh, was surprising year. for me. Mm-hmm. And it's coming this year. I'm now, so excited. Yeah, I was going to say, I was shocked and surprised, but I, I'm also very happy. This looks great. I have loved the Forza Horizon franchise and the series to date. And they also showed off the Event Lab, which is going to allow players to design and create their own game modes, which is super smart in the age of GTA Online, where what has given that so such a long such long legs is that it allows you and last players to come up with their own races. There's a community that continues to develop content and put stuff out there. And the stuff they showed off, it looks like you can get pretty silly with what, what some of these game modes are and what you can do in there. Yeah, I think and, some of the bowling pins. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, like I said, I was super shocked by this. I'm also super excited. And that's November 9th of this year. Yeah, that's day one yes. yeah. for sure. Yeah, co-op now, brought back. Uh, they also confirmed it's 4K 60 on the X and 1080p 60 yeah. on the Series S. Amazing. Yep. Um, I, there was a great tweet I saw about this uh, that goes, uh, the race car game is doing better at authentic writing and representation than Far Cry 6. <laughs> yeah, well... I mean, I don't want to. I kind of don't want to get into that some, you know, some of that stuff, yeah. especially because, you know, Far Cry Six is dealing with a. I mean, it's basically Cuba. I mean, they're saying it's not Cuba; it's a fictional country, <laughs> stuff like that. But it's Cuba, yeah. right? And then on the other hand, you have uh, Forza Horizon, which is taking place in Mexico. So the way they, it appears they are treating this, you know, Hispanic, this Latino culture. And the two games does seem to be there's some reverence right being shown in forza horizon i think that's what that tweet speaks to that's not being shown in, in far cry and so i don't i don't know but anyway that being said yes forza horizon 5 looks awesome now the last thing they showed off and also the thing that called me super off garden and is might be what i'm was for sure my biggest surprise 
is the studio over at Arcane Austin is doing their take on a co-op monster shooter, right? We talked about we're getting so a lot of these. Of these. <laughs> yeah, so called much. called Redfall, where in this game, it seems like this is class-based, so there's a difference there. And also, it deals with the vampires and cultists as the enemies. Everything that Arcane does is so cool. Like, there's just so much style behind everything that they make. You know, from, uh, you know, Dishonored to this. And even, like, the other Arcane... I mean, just Arcane as a whole. You talk about different studios there. But even what we're seeing out of death loop right the style out of there they seem to even different studios seem to share the same kind of signature when it comes to this stuff and i mean everything about this got me excited and got me hyped the way this trailer and granted we didn't see any actual gameplay in this but just the tone it's it, it sets where it is dealing with this supernatural storyline but also the way this trailer is cut shows that there is going to be a comedic side to it. These All these characters have personality. They have their different personalities. They have these different abilities. There are these different weapons. And it looks like it's not going to be taking itself too serious. And that is the exact tone I want in stuff like this. Yeah. Like, uh, and I, I, I like that as vampires. I think uh, it's time yes. to finally get back into vampires. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, like uh, the gun like shoots shoot stakes, uh, and it seems like everyone has powers. I'm not sure, like, uh, yeah, like this, like a little elevator that launches you straight into um, the sky, and the characters go on top of a building. So, it, maybe it plays like an Overwatch, with like, each character has certain abilities, and then you just use those to make your way around the level, and depending on who you choose to play through those levels with, um, it differs. Um, you know, they're branding this as an open-world co-op first-person shooter. Uh, Open-world is kind of interesting for that part, but uh, definitely excited to see how this all plays out. Yeah. And so, I mean, for me, that is... Uh, my most anticipated is Halo, just because of I'm a Halo fanatic through and through. I mean, to the point where I own a couple of the novels and I go outside and try to, you know, nerd out as much of the lore as I can. And so that's what I'm most excited for. But the biggest surprise for me, for sure, was Redfall. Like, after Halo, I'm looking forward more to Redfall than I am to Starfield. And I think that says a lot. Yeah. Uh, Race, what about you? What, what was your biggest surprise? What are you looking forward to most? Uh, biggest uh, surprise was Forza. Forza. I think for me, like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't like, anticipating that at all. I, I think last time I was on, I was saying I was playing, like, Horizon 4 and just, like, getting back into it. It's, it's been a lot of fun, so I, like, wasn't even thinking about, like, Horizon 5 at least. I was thinking maybe it's just going to be Forza Motorsport. I think it's 8, next one. Uh, so I thought they were going to show that, but uh, not Horizon. So that was huge. And then most anticipated, like, it has to be Halo, because also a Halo fanatic, like, we've all grown up playing it. Like, that's, like, where the love of competitive shooters for me kind of came up. But also my favorite trailer was... Uh, replaced so like i'm like, super curious to see more of that but replaced like the art style in that game was mind-blowing it reminded me of like blade runner and all these other games but like just pixel art when done really well is like my favorite art style i think and that really took it to a, to a whole new level 
definitely Halo. Definitely Halo. Like, Halo. Like, I think, like, I think R9. Very excited. Very gonna take, gonna take two weeks off for Ali, what about you? What's got you most excited? So I am unmuted. I'm back. Uh, I could talk about it. I'm, I don't have an Xbox Series uh, X or S. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get one. Uh, so as much as I want to get on the Halo train because I desperately want to, I don't know how easily I'll be able to do that unless I drive over to Race's place and I do it over there. So Race, <laughs> you're welcome anytime. <laughs> yeah, that's we're not that far from each other, so that might happen. That being said, um, I've been waiting for Psychonauts 2 for a really long time. I'm a big, big fan of the first game. I absolutely think that even if you don't play the second game, you should play the first. Um, so that's one. And the other is Ayudan Chronicles. And I haven't played Suikoden. Um, Suikoden is actually on the Retroid Pocket that I have right now. But Ayudan Chronicle is kind of like the game that wowed me when I saw it. Of course... Who the hell knows when it's going to come out? Same thing with Replaced. Uh, I, I get also pretty nervous watching games like that because there was a game that came out four years ago uh, that called Last Night and the Last Night, and it just like had an amazing trailer, and then that's it. That's it. Like that's it. No, no other words. Just an amazing, amazing, amazing <laughs> pixel trailer and nothing. So uh, I, I do want to wait for something. I mean, like the Ascent looks dope too, but you know, I don't even have PC. So I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to be doing, but I think I'm just going to wait for August and get Psychonauts and, and just be happy with that. What about you, Bilal? For me, it's I'm excited to see games coming to Xbox, and it's not just, like, for me, exclusives are fine, What whatever. Like, I, I could care less if Starfield went to PS5 um, at launch. Um, that doesn't matter to me. Right. For me, it's the value of Game Pass. Uh, that they continue to show. If you have an Xbox or a PC and you don't have Game Pass, I don't know what you're thinking at this point because the value there is... It, 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 the savings is crazy because you can spend what, a little under $200 a year and have access to countless games, especially in 2022 when a lot of these are launching or near the end of this year. And... There's something to play. There's something for everybody. Not every game is going to be for you, but you can try it without having to, you know, feel like you're losing something. The conversation you had earlier, Rob, like with you and your friends that are playing Chivalry, like that's not a game I want to buy, but maybe I want to dip my toes in and maybe I'll come around to it. But for $60, that's a hard sell. But, you know, if I have access to a giant catalog of games, I can download, I could download it and give it a shot. Worst case, I've wasted. 100 gigs uh, to download the game, but that space comes right back. Um, yeah, and, and Halo, no, yeah, like 100%. And like seeing Halo back after last year's terrible reception, like I wasn't happy with what I saw last year, but it looks great. It's performing great. Even that small story teaser we got got me pumped. That score uh, still goes unanswered, <laughs> in my opinion. It just sounds great. And uh, no, Microsoft's like, they're. Phil Spencer's bets are finally paying off, uh, and it's happy to see it. And I think next year they're going to show up with Fable, with um, whatever, <laughs> some of the other stuff they uh, didn't show. And like, I think their E3 next year is going to be spectacular, uh, one of their best ones. And this was one of their best conferences, in my opinion. Uh, is yeah, Sony uh, coming out with something, and are they going to like drop something in two days, and like, okay, here's our showcase? Is that supposed to happen? 
I mean, they don't yeah. they don't have anything on the they don't have anything on the books yeah. right now, and we kind of already know what they have. My guess is that uh, we will. Oh, my guess is that we will get a state of play sometime in the fall, uh, giving us an exact date on Horizon Forbidden West, maybe some info on a time frame for God of War or whatever they they have lined up for the next year. And what I was going to say regarding like Game Pass Blah is that there was that report about Microsoft wanting to kind of change the narrative on them not having any games and wanting to go ahead and hoping to get a big release into Game Pass every quarter, mm-hmm. you know? And it does seem that they are on their way to doing that and i mean the acquisition of bethesda goes a long way towards that and all those other studios that they picked up and like you said we saw so much i mean we saw 30 games and we did not see fable we didn't see perfect dark we didn't see the next game in the gears franchise like there's still so many other properties they have out there and so many other games that um to come right and then you have Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo all releasing this year or next year. And then what do those studios go on to make, you know, afterwards? And so seeing what they had this year definitely sets the bar. And I think it's a kind of a look at what we can expect from Microsoft going forward yeah. is that they are being aggressive in getting games on the console games people can't get excited for and for basically saying hey we're not in the hardware market right yes we have hardware but we have hardware so you enjoy our services tailored for our services and our services game pass like that is what they are whether you like it or not they are becoming a game pass company and you know I think that's awesome. Like, I'm super, super excited. There was also news prior to this press conference that they are looking to bring the cloud streaming platform to TVs, releasing their own streaming stick so that they can have the cloud streaming built in. And for, you mentioned, $15 a month, you get all of that. I mean, Oh, you don't need to buy an Xbox. You can can use your LG OLED. Just download that Xbox app. (laughs) Yep. Exactly, and like the TVs have like Bluetooth support, like these smart TVs are kind of insane. Yeah. And so and so, yeah, no, I mean, I thought top to bottom, it was a super strong conference. I mean, better than super strong. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, and uh, and I think it was the best, the best one, honestly. And, and they came out ahead of the show and they announced the streaming stick. They announced that their cloud, uh, at, you know, what is it Project X Cloud? Uh, what are they calling? Uh, it? it's just Xbox. Cloud streaming. Yeah, cloud streaming. The cloud streaming uh, servers are being upgraded to the Series X blades. Uh, So, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff happening there, and I really hope that improves um, their streaming output there. Because I was talking to Race over the weekend, who was using his backbone to play Ratchet and Clank, and he was like, that backbone is amazing in terms of uh, what it offers in uh, in, like, with latency streaming from, like, from his place in New York to Jersey. Yeah, that thing is, uh, it's been life-changing, honestly. Like, I just going to the parents' place in Jersey and, like, being able to play Ratchet and Clank 
the first one because I was trying to beat it before Rift Apart. Just playing the entire thing pretty much in Jersey, just streaming, it was like flawless. It was it was really cool. It felt unreal. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get into the next big conference. We had Square Enix. Square Enix, for whatever reason, decided that they were go going to open up and spend 15, 20 minutes, however long it was, on the new Guardians of the Galaxy game, which, don't get me wrong, I'm excited for this game. I think it lo looks like it would be really cool. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought the art style was interesting. I think some of the character designs are better than others. Star-Lord looks like part a of it douche. <laughs> but then again, part of it, part of it is because, at this point, I have the comic references in my head, and I have the MCU reference in my head. So anytime we see anything that doesn't match up with one of those, you know, almost one to one, it is a little bit jarring. I think that some of, like I said, some of the character designs lend themselves better to different interpretations. I think when you're dealing with straight up humans, those are the ones that are the toughest to kind of reimagine. And so, yeah, Star Lord does kind of look like uh, just a give douche. him a better haircut. That's that's all I'm asking. Give him a better haircut. Now, fix Drax's the, head. It's too human. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I think Rocket, Gamora, and Groot look fantastic. And the big thing out of this is that this game is actually releasing October 26th of this year. Oh. And so I mean, yeah. I didn't realize it was and that so, soon. Yeah, and so I, I'm i excited for that. Again, it's another game to look forward to in this fall because this fall was looking outside of... Prior to E3, outside of Halo and maybe Forbidden West, Like there weren't a lot of games I was super looking forward to in the fall. But now we've got a ton of different releases with Forza Horizon with this Guardians, you know. And so the fall is definitely filling out. They also announced... This is one of the, the funniest things is they talked about the Final Fantasy Pixel remaster. They're remastering of the first six Final Fantasy games as a celebration of the franchise. And of course, of course, when you celebrate something, you want to limit who can play it. <laughs> so you release it only on Steam, Android, and iOS. What are they thinking? I, 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 I hate it. I, I, I don't understand. Like, I was ready to just stream all six games just to, like, because I haven't played some of these earlier ones. Um, I, I don't know what they're thinking. Like, why? Like, at least the Switch. Like, at least the Switch. Yeah. I agree. Like, I mean, I think you should put it on the, you know, put it on the PS5, the PS4, Xbox One, yeah. the Xbox Series consoles, put it on the GameCube, put it on everything. I don't understand what they're thinking with this. Yeah. And, like, um, at least we got a I, I, I saw. Yeah, yeah right <laughs> yeah and so like the interesting thing i saw someone did like a art like compared like the pixel art remaster to like the original sprites so there's the original sprites there's the remasters they did for mobile where they cleaned all the lines and it made it look terrible and then there's this which is like somewhere in between where they cleaned up some of the images uh i still like the original sprites the best but i, I can see why they would clean up some of it but all you need to do is release the ROMs. Just grab the ROMs off the internet, put them out. Nintendo has done that in the past. Um, that's all you need to do, and put it on all the modern consoles, and they still can't do that right. So the next thing they showed off was Marvel's Avengers Black Panther War for Wakanda expansion. I am a Marvel Avengers apologist in some ways, where I understand that game is flawed, is does get 
repetitive and is content light. I still think that the core of the game is fun. The core experience, the different characters do play different. And when you're playing with your friends, kind of mix and matching your abilities to take down enemies. I think there's a lot of fun to be had there. I do believe that it is sorely missing content. So for them to release not just a new character, new story, but also a new location in this expansion, I'm excited for this. Now, there was that leak about them having big plans with all having plans for all these different characters and stuff like that to be released. I think everything is going to rely on whether or not players come back for this expansion mm-hmm. on if those plans come to fruition. I do believe that this is kind of the last grasp you know yeah i mean if you look at any content the uh, comment section for when they do these streams for this game or whatnot everybody uh, that bought it on a sony console is like where's spider-man you promised the spider-man uh, oh right yeah, yeah and like they still haven't delivered on that but like i agree with you this black this black panther update looks awesome uh it looks like there's a ton of story content um and they don't show his face but it very strong resemblance to Chadwick Boseman. Like, you yeah, see I, the angles yeah. I can see. I, the funny thing is, so I only watched this once, and immediately I was wondering if they were going to kind of use his likeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think they, I think, sure, maybe kind of a little bit, but I do think it does look like their own interpretation, like, once again, of the character. And I think that's the right way to do it, honestly. I mean, yeah, there's the idea of wanting to honor him and stuff like that, but I think it's probably the better call. Uh, they also showed off Hitman Sniper The Shadows. This is a sniping puzzle game, kind of in the vein of those Go mobile titles. And again, this one is releasing on mobile. And so, um, I don't know. It looks fine. I, I don't have much more to say. Yeah. Uh, uh, Square Enix announced that players can pre-register for Near Reincarnation, which is, again, another mobile title. This is an action command-based RPG set within the Near universe. I mean, Square Enix going hard on mobile, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, once Brave again. Brave Exvius, the crossover stuff with that, yeah. with Warriors of Light. The first Soldier. Their First Soldier. Uh, yeah, apparently First Soldier is uh, available to play in some areas already. And I think there's an Android beta going on for that. And I heard yeah, it's not so, great. <laughs> I heard it. So I heard it wasn't bad, <laughs> which again, not great. wasn't bad, yeah. but I heard it wasn't bad. And so they also showed off Babylon's Fall, which is that game that Platinum Games is doing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's been a rude awakening because I think Platinum's been on some sort of streak or okay streak. Uh, but I think this is a reminder that Platinum has put out some terrible games in the past. And this doesn't look good. This doesn't look good. The yeah, vo- this doesn't look good. Uh, no, Platinum definitely has about- like a B team. Platinum's B team oh. just is like is responsible yeah. for like all the games like this. Yeah. <laughs> they also have like a, a F tier voice, uh, voice acting yeah. or voice casting team because like the villain's voice in this is yeah. terrible. Like, do yourself a favor and like give it a listen. Um, I think it could be fun, but I don't know how early this is, but graphically it doesn't look great. It, it really doesn't. Yeah, it's a co-op online multiplayer for parties up to four, um, hack and slash adventure. Um, this does yeah, not look no. good. Anyway, this does not look good. <laughs> Moving along, uh, the original Life is Strange Remastered Collection. So this is 
Is this Life Strange 1 and 2? Yep. Is that what they're remastering yeah. here? Oh, that and Before and the Storm. Uh, and Before the yeah. Storm, yeah. And so that is going to launch September 30th for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam, and Google Stadia. Wait, hold on a second. Is that really... And Switch as well. I think that was announced later. Yeah, PS4, Xbox Series X. Oh, wait, no. Um, so they're doing a remaster with a visual overhaul on the same consoles that it originally launched on? <laughs> I guess. Like I feel like I kind of I feel like I kind of missed this part and just assumed that it would be like a next gen version. That that might be a type. But let me let me look at the end of this trailer. All right, uh, yeah, go ahead because I I hope. All right, that, let's see. It's uh, Stadia PS4. Uh, mm. No, it's not. You're a, right. It's not a <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're, you're, you're well. Uh, that is a very interesting choice. Now, don't get me wrong; those games, even when they came out, looked kind of dated, you know, yeah. but. The story behind them were was so good. I mean, I really like that first one. All right. So, so uh, what what they're saying is remastered visuals across characters and environments. So facelift there improves character yeah. and vastly improves character animation using full facial mocap for performances. Uh, featured in Life is Strange remastered only, and updated and refined gameplay puzzles. So it looks like they went back, updated some of those assets. I, I just. I don't think that those games necessarily needed it. Yeah, right. I think yeah. I, I don't. They're fine. I don't think that this. I don't think that this is gonna bring people in necessarily. But hey, and, and I'm I'm still iffy about before the storm because the voice actor strike was going on then, and they just recasted. Uh, um, what Ashley Birch? Ashley Birch uh, with a different voice yeah. actress, and yeah, yeah, I. Weirdly enough, that was the reason I didn't play it. I was like, that's just wrong with me, uh, and so I never played before the storm. They also showed off a new gameplay trailer for the next title in the Life nope. is Strange franchise. <laughs> That's not Life is True, Strange. <laughs> True Colors. Uh, this looked very cool. I mean, this again kind of feels like they're going back to what the original was. I'm into it. I'm very, very into it. Um, and this game is releasing on September 10th. Yeah. Is Did they say this is going to be episodic or is it the entire... No, my understanding is that this one's the the whole thing at once, okay. right? I think they're moving away from the episodic model for this one. Yeah. That'd be great. Probably I believe sense. I believe that's how yeah. this one works. Yeah, that was the only reason I stopped. And so Oh, you should yeah. finish that first one. It it goes that first places. One is so yeah. good. And then let me know what you decide at the end. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then the last thing they showed off was Stranger Paradise. Final Fantasy Origin. Chaos! And they, actually, <laughs> and they actually also released a free trial version that's available now on the PlayStation 5 and will run through June 24th. Can we talk about that demo for a second? Um, they, let's, so hold on. Let's talk about the trailer. Okay. And you mentioned you exclaimed chaos. That trailer was awful. It was god awful. That trailer was so bad. The fact that they said chaos no less than like <laughs> 22 times <laughs> is insane. And Rob and I talked about this game last week because of the rumors that were there. And we were pumped. Yeah. We're like, a Dark Souls with Final Fantasy vibes from uh, Team Ninja, uh, Koi Tecmo. Yeah. Like, awesome. Everything that, about that sounds great. And then this trailer played, and like the entire internet was like, what is this? Um, and Yeah, and like, Mora, who's this game for, right? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, the concept behind it is great, but, like, who is this for? It doesn't make any sense, but asked? it feels like they're just trying to toss us out. Yeah. Uh, 
I think people uh, are just going to play this when they just want to have like a hack and slash type of game. I, I, I have the press release, and I just want to read this line from the Mora uh, really quick. Uh, oh god, where the is thing it? is, is that this 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 game is not like. Yes, this game has some hack and slash elements to it, but it very much is still a Soulsborne type game. Now, Bilal mentioned he wants to talk about the demo. Yeah, so they announced the demo that would release after uh, the game, uh, after the press conference, and then the demo came out and it was corrupted, leading everyone to like dive even deeper on the chaos, but they finally got it working yeah. two days later. Uh, so, uh, I fired it up after work today and played through it. I I really like it. It's it's a solid demo. It's actually quite meaty. Uh, it plays well. It's somewhere between a Dark Souls and a Neo in terms of complexity. Uh, Neo, I think it's too technical with the abilities and whatnot. But the demo is bad. Uh, not the demo. The trailer is bad. Uh, the trailer does not do it justice the, uh, graphically uh i know it's a demo so i'm holding off on reservations uh it didn't look great um but it ran fine in performance mode uh it was very smooth i could do the actions um you have like two battle sets of like i had a great sword and i had like a, a mace that was also allowed me to cast magic and so you come across like the classic enemies like the final fantasies uh bombs the fire bombs and so if you throw fire magic at them, they grow. And if you throw enough fire at them, they'll blow up and they'll set the grass on fire, which will t do extra damage on enemies nearby. Uh, and it's a really cool system. Um, the there's no souls. So you killed enemies, you got experience. And you got... There's a skill tree. You could add points into it. Um, there's a lot of depth to it. And, uh, like, after playing it, I'm... I'm 100% day one in on this. Uh, like, if you guys like the Souls games, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, and that boss at the end is extremely hard. Uh, managed to beat him, but... Uh, yes, I did kill Chaos, but it was not easy. <laughs> is there I, I also played this demo. I think it falls somewhere in between a Soulsborne and a Devil May Cry-esque yeah. game. Now, I like both those things. I did not like this demo. You mentioned that there is a ton of systems going on. There's a ton of systems going on to the point where, like, it's going to take a while, I feel like, to wrap your head around, okay, this button does this, this button does this, but also I have this. And casting spells is not does not feel good at all. Like, using that wheel to get the spells does not feel you good. Have to, it's I, more of a range thing. Yeah. Yes. And you're... I do, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I also didn't feel like the combat was all that satisfying now there are some cool things like the fact that you know the soul break soul no soul crush soul burst soul burst the soul yes. burst <laughs> yes the soul burst mechanic which is kind of like your parry where when an enemy throws a projectile at you you basically gain the ability to use that so you were talking about the fireball enemies when they shot you if you soul bursted that you then had instant abilities fireballs back and so I went through that whole area, you know, soul bursting and then shooting them right back, filling them up with fire, making them fat, making them blow yeah. up. And so there are parts of it like that that are pretty cool. But the environment was it's, boring. It's, it's generic. I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah. it's very, very generic. I don't. And you, as you already touched on the fact that 
visually it's uninteresting to me i don't think it looks all that great i, I like uh -huh. for me i don't know did they put a release date on this yet uh no it's 2022 like okay 2022 then like yeah i'll, I'll give it some time like it, it might not be interesting but like i don't think neo was too interesting uh from when i played but like it was all about the actual gameplay for me i mean i think from software is, I mean, that's fair yeah i think from software is special and that they know how to craft an, an environment and just do great environmental storytelling uh, with their stuff um but i think as, as long as it's for me it was the combat just felt smooth it felt great uh and then like the tie-ins to final fantasy one um with the story stuff like at the end and some of the characters um that spoke to me at a nostalgic level <laughs> like hey should it work yeah. but like your ai companions are kind of useless i don't know if it's so early for that but like one's name is jed the other's name is ash the main protagonist's name is jack come on japan what's going on here <laughs> Wait, but that's a big question because Garland and Chaos, they're recognizable, but there's no other character tie to Final uh, Fantasy 1? Uh, Princess Sarah, uh, there's a voiceover from her when you get to the boss, into the boss okay. room. She speaks about Garland. And Garland actually mentions uh, when you ask him who he is, uh, he's like, I'm to become Chaos. Um, like, he knows he's not chaos just yet but who the hell is jack <laughs> what is this jack guy <laughs> i don't know who uh, who is jack, jack. I, they call themselves the warriors of light and like uh, and, and the, the interesting thing is like in the first final fantasy game you actually go and fight garland to ri uh, rescue yeah. Princess Sarah. and and so like that's the very first thing you do um and that sets off like the uh, everything in motion for like that story of that game and how chaos is born and the four fiends and everything um, yeah, but like, uh, and, and that, that's the hook for me. I'm like, I'm, I, I, I'm very curious to see where the story goes. Um, so is that out of everything they announced, is that what you're most excited for? Uh, yeah. I, I think coming out of E3, this is one of the most exciting things after getting my hands on that demo, uh, and playing oh through it. Oh my God. Uh, I have to play yeah. this demo. I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you should play it. I'm interested to hear your take on it, considering that you're like a Soulsborne from software fanatic. And just seeing what you think of if you fall in line with him or if you're more of me where this just didn't do it for me. I I mean, okay, so I don't want to go too deep into like the why I don't like the 360 area too much. But I do think that, you know, like the way that the game feels, feels like the games from like 15 years ago where they were just churning out games one by one by one by one with bland faces, like weird like it, it's mm -hmm. not even like the graphics need to be good it's just like it's it's just weirdly stiff and robotic in ways that just feel uncomfortable and take you out of the game so yeah. i think beyond it's final fantasy and beyond that the gameplay is going to be like dark souls it just doesn't feel or look um immersive in any way right it's just like okay they they found uh you know how like mario 2 wasn't a mario game they just slapped on Mario and then they just shipped it to the States. That's what this feels like. They just found like a generic game on Steam. They <laughs> threw the Final Fantasy IP on it and they were just like, all right, put Garland in it, whatever, who cares? They don't really, they'll, they'll, they'll get excited because we said Garland and you haven't heard Garland in a long time. That's kind of like, that's why I'm so hesitant. I, mean, I am going to play the demo. Hey, you're reducing, it, it's, you're it's reducing my taste and you're 100% <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, that's why Bilal is so hooked. They know how to market. Yeah, so yeah. Like, to him. I, I, like it, it's not 
it's not the greatest one of these I've played. It doesn't come anywhere near like a Dark Souls or something. But like, there's something there, and it, it it's speaking yeah. to me, and it's making me happy. I know it's not going to be for everyone, but I'll, I'll say this. This is the first one of these I've seen with a difficulty mode setting. You can put it on casual, normal, or hard. Like, on casual, it even says, like, hey, if you just want to experience the story and breeze through this game, throw it on casual. And, like, I think this is something... Like, I know this is an argument within, like, the Souls community, but... I, I think they should have it. Like, there's no harm in having people experience your game and the, the designs. It's like, if you get more people in there to experience it, why not? Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna try the demo. Uh, what about I think the demo is the turning point. So let me see how that how that changes things. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Race? Anything from Square Enix got you excited? Uh, yeah. I think I think we may have accidentally skipped it, but Legend of Mana. I think that's like my oh. my number one. Oh, I think I did skip it by mistake. Favorite. Like it's really? one of the first games I've played. Uh, just period. Like just growing up mm -hmm. on PS One, and it was it was with Bilal and my brother, and I'm pretty sure we had like a bootleg version of it where it got stuck at a certain point in the game. Uh, and it was like the lion so we, boss. We had we had modded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had modded PS had mo ones way back in the day. We had, we had modded PS ones and like the, the disc was from Pakistan, so we put it in and we we played it. And every time we got to this lion boss, it would just it would just freeze. Ahead. I just remember loving. It was that disappointing. Game. So I'm really so much I'm, Like you got the little houses and you got to plant them on the map. Yeah. Uh, so I'm super excited to have that on the yeah, Switch, especially. Uh, so I'm. I'm looking to see if that that aged well, and like I, the, the memories I have that are so fond are gonna live up to it. But that's that's what I'm most excited for, for sure. Did you play um, so, Trials of Mana? I didn't. No, I've. I don't know why. I think I was just like in Legend of Mana mode, where I like just have always wanted to play that game again and then move on to Trials of Mana. So maybe this will be my my entry way back mm. in. I feel you because I right, yeah sorry I I I started uh like my journey and well not journey but like I remember playing Secret of Mana like back in like ninety I don't even know when it came out like ninety two ninety three something like that so uh, I I definitely remember Legend of Mana but like Legend of Mana in that PS one era like everything was good in that PS one era like I think every RPG <laughs> even the bad ones were just like amazing and awesome and I, I like drunk every single. PS1 RPG that came out, so like I feel you, and so I'm keeping that on my radar too. Yeah, for sure. All right, so would you say that's the one you're most excited for? I mean, that's what I was gonna ask. Uh, I'm disappointed in Square just in general because this was just weird. I I mean, it it seems silly to just be like, where the hell is Remake Part Two? Because um, Integrate just came out, but Integrate just came out. Everyone's talking. Everyone's talking about Final Fantasy VII remake, and yeah. you you're gonna drop Final Fantasy 16 last year and then not mention anything this year. It's just like, I think that's uh, they're saving it for a Sony press conference for 16. I get it. I get yeah. it. But I think uh, in that scheme where we're not getting like these huge new uh, trailers that are four or five years in the future. At least do like a, a a dev blog or a dev video or an update or just something just being like it exists still because like this I think if anything that Elden Ring taught us is either one people are gonna lose their minds or two it's genius and just don't mention anything for three years and then just release the game. But I think it's just like you know Square if you're gonna choose this route where this is your 
this is your showcase it's like what did you honestly showcase because it's it's like a remaster it's like a weird ip you know just like team ninja i don't even know what and then it's just like a bunch of other random things that are either add-ons like um like uh like black panther or (laughs) i don't even know what else they even announced because everything else is like already we already knew about it's like pixel remaster people just like what the hell you know yeah so no i definitely i definitely think that square enix and we're gonna talk about capcom next i think some of the stuff we saw this past weekend was definitely one of those things where just because you can have a presentation at E3 yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you have to have one, right? And I think I, I, w- I think a part of that is because the ESA needed to fill in yeah. the schedule right. and ask them. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I am, I'm excited for that Guardians of the Galaxy game, yeah. mostly because the one thing about Avengers that everybody can seem to agree about is that single-player campaign was very good, like way better than it had any right to be. And if they had just released that, honestly, I think uh, Marvel's Avengers would have a better rap, you know? Uh, maybe they just flesh it out a little bit more because it was a little bit on the shorter side. But if they had just released, like, a single-player campaign story that uh, and by itself without this live-service multiplayer stuff, as much as I enjoy it, I think that they would have came out with a better reputation. And so to see that this is just a single-player narrative-focused game has me excited and more than anything the fact that it is coming out this year in october has me super hyped for it but yeah i agree that the square enix conference as a whole was a presentation as a whole was kind of weak but it was not as weak as capcom now that being said capcom did kind of get out ahead of time and say hey we don't really have much this is what we have and what we're going to talk about i think i was just hoping for a little bit more Right? Like, for example, the Resident Evil Village news was just that, one, next month, the multiplayer mode is actually launching. And two, development on DLC is starting. Like, there's no what the no idea of what the next DLC is going to be. Even if they had, like, a name for the next DLC to tease, that would have been way more exciting than what they actually did here. Uh, they also showed off a new story trailer for Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin. Um, again, this is all stuff that we knew about. We knew what was coming. It was actually shown, uh, you know, at other presentations. It's going to be shown at the Nintendo presentation, which we're going to get to next. Uh, Monster Runner High 3.1 update. Like, don't get me wrong. All none of nothing that they showed. Every game that they showed looks like a good game and are good games, right? There was just nothing exciting out of them. I mean, after that, there was the um, great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which we already knew was coming out. And for whatever reason, the most mind-boggling thing, in my opinion, is their decision to focus on Capcom esports to end oh, yeah. their presentation. Uh, yeah, great like, Ace Attorney. The great Ace Attorney is something of fans of that franchise have been asking for because it's, I think, the one of the last ones that hasn't been translated for the West, and. It was a good one to end on. Like, Capcom delivered for their fans. Like, if you're a Capcom fan, if you're a fan of Monster Hunter, or uh, you're a fan of Ace Attorney or Resident Evil, like, there are stuff there for you. And that's all it needed to be. Yeah. But, like, Capcom Esports? What do they even have outside of Street Fighter? Which is, like, I don't know where that community stands on it, but it doesn't seem like 
to be the hottest thing after all these years. Um, yeah. Did you guys I see that? I just uh, found it's that like a Capcom leaked game list. Oh, from the hacks a while back. Yeah. So like, I, I was kind of like basing some of the things that they were going to announce based off this instead of what you guys like what we saw today. Yeah. No. I mean, a hundred percent. It's one of those things where I was going to say that, where you can't tell me that they don't have games in development that are for sure coming. Yeah. Right. And I know oftentimes I'm a big proponent of show, don't tell. But in this case, with the presentation as weak as this one was, if you had just dropped the name of a sequel in the, in the next fran big franchise, right? The next Monster Hunter World 2, you know? Or even if you had a, a little screen at the end that said the next iteration in the monster hunter world franchise is coming right even that would have generated more hype and would have tied this together better i just think that the way they ended on something that was already kind of missing big pops was so weird it's just so strange um i'm not even gonna ask you guys what you're excited about from capcom because it's all of it's pretty much out already or coming out soon. Street so. Fighter 6 coming out in 2023. <laughs> yeah, right. Hell yeah. All right. So, man, this is a super long episode. Uh, yeah, just... no, it's, it's 79 degrees in this room, and it's been that way for like the last hour. <laughs> so, all right, look, I'm sweated. just... All right, we're just going to... I gonna, sweat for my was, art. We're... All right, I'm going to just... Pop, pump, uh, pump through these. We'll talk about them afterwards. The ones you guys are actually excited about. Okay. okay. Just to get through this. So the Nintendo Direct was a very well done, very solid presentation. It was, you know, what was it, 40, 45 minutes long, and it was in the style. I mean, they're the first ones to kind of do these digital presentations and do them right, and they kind of set the blueprint for everybody else, which is why it's so crazy that so many of these companies are failing at this. You look at Nintendo Directs. You look at Sony State of Plays and the way Microsoft does their presentations and it really is like game after game after game after game after game and that's the way it should be and this started off by announcing that uh, Kazuya from the Tekken franchise is going to be the next fighter in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. They also poked a little bit of fun at it by showing him throwing people into a volcano over and over and over again. I thought, don't get me wrong, the opening I don't play the it. opening for this trailer was great just because yeah. it was him carrying Ganondorf and everyone's like, Wait, what's going on? Is it yeah. Breath of the Wild? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't play Smash Brothers as much anymore, mostly because I think that their online system is trash and the fact that there's no party chat makes it so that I don't want to go through the hassle of trying to figure out how me and my friends communicate while we play these games. So the Switch tends to be kind of an offline system for me. But, you know, I'm excited for whoever's still playing that game. They announced that the Life is Strange Remastered Collection and Life is Strange 2 Colors are coming to the Switch. They also announced that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which we talked about during Square Enix's, is coming to the Nintendo Switch. However, it appears that the version that's coming to the Switch is the cloud version, the streaming version. So the Switch has dipped in cloud versions of games in the past, mostly in Japan. But it looks like they're doing that here, too, in the States with this next version. And we're not actually getting the full-on local version, which I thought was, you know, interesting, an interesting choice. Um, 
Asher Ascending launching on September 30th, a turn-based JRPG. Then they also showed off Two Point Campus, which, like I said, appeared like four or five times throughout E3. I mean, good for them. You know, I hope I hope that game blows up considering how much how many different presentations it's been in. Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania was shown off. Uh, it's a remake of Super Monkey Ball, Super Monkey Ball 2, and Super Monkey Ball Deluxe. And that's going to launch on October 5th. Mario Party Superstars, which is a collection of beloved Mario Party boards based on the N64 releases. Now, there was already a game released fairly recently, Mario Party game released fairly recently on the 3DS, right? And so this is basically that, except that one was just the mini games and didn't have the boards. This one actually adds the boards, which, I mean, come on, that's common sense. And so that game launches on October 29th, 2021. This one also will support online, just like they added into uh, the most recent Mario Party on the Switch as well. And so it seems like that was kind of a test bed to see what they're going to do with, with this one. And so I think that just makes, uh, as much as I don't like the online system, I think if they are going to do online stuff, the Mario Party makes a ton of sense. They showed off Metroid Dread, which is the latest entry in the mainline 2d metroid franchise uh that game releases october 8 2021 i think this is going to be one of the games we actually talk about after because i have some words on it they showed off just dance 2022 dragon ball z kakarot's coming they showed off some more of mario golf super rush that launches on june 25th uh they showed off monster hunter stories 2 wings of ruin Oh, another kind of surprise announcement was a, they announced a new WarioWare game, WarioWare Get It Together, and that is going to support and introduce two-player co-op. And that is launching in the near future, they said. And then they showed off Shin Megami Tensei Five. I think, Bilal, you and I Hell talked yeah. about this before, that we expected that to be there. That is coming out exclusively on Nintendo Switch on November 12th. They also showed off Danganronpa Decadence, three games from the Danganronpa franchise. That would be Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair, and Danganronpa 3 V3 Killing Harmony coming to Nintendo Switch. That launches later this year in 2021. Now, I believe this is the one where they are all launching as a package, Danganronpa yeah. Decadence, but you could also buy them individually. That's good because I definitely I'm near the end of that first one on the Vita. I I just need to wrap that up. <laughs> they announced Fatal Frame made in a Blackwater port of the Wii U exclusive that launches later this year. Uh, Doom Eternal DLC is coming to the Switch that launches on June fifteenth. The Strange Brigade is coming to the Switch that launches on June fifteenth. I've actually played this. Have you? Anybody else played this before? This has been out on other platforms before. This is like a co-op, imagine a, almost like a Left 4 Dead-esque game, except it's third person and it is like a 1930s adventure, like Indiana Jones type setting. And so, I mean, it's, it, there is some fun to be had there, but again, this is an older game getting a Switch port. They showed off some more of Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope that launches next year. They showed off that they are remastering both Advance Wars and Advance Wars 2 for the Nintendo Switch. It's going to be known as Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. That is, again, one of the ones I think we'll talk about. They showed off Expansion Pass for Hyrule Warriors. Showed off more Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. They showed off this Legend of Zelda Game & Watch system. Did any of you pick up that Mario one? No. Okay. 
it's, it's one of those things where like there's a lot of these type of things where I think it would be cool to own, but I know I'm never gonna play it. It's just gonna sit yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they showed off some footage of Breath of the Wild. Well, I shouldn't call it Breath of the Wild 2, of the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Uh, they came out afterwards and said in an interview that they actually do have a title for the next one, but the title itself gives a little bit too much away about what the game is going to be. All the players will be kind doing. Of the mechanics. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So that game is going to launch in 2022. So we're not seeing that. I mean, you know, if they say that game is they're – they're planning on launching in 2022. That means they're planning on launching at the end of 2022. So um, I want to hold my breath on this one, which is fine because this game is an important game for them and should be done. The footage they showed off looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, like I said, top to bottom, I thought it was really solid. I didn't think that there was a ton of like super get hype moments for me. Honestly, the one that I was most excited for was that WarioWare game that's coming. Now... I actually love that franchise. I loved it on the the one that was on the DS, and I think that, especially since I have kids and I've got a seven-year-old, I think that's something that could be a lot of fun to kind of play with her and kind of write up her sense of humor and stuff like that. I, I mean, what do you guys want to talk about? I mean, we have to talk about um, the Metroid Dread, right? Yes. What did you guys think seeing this trailer? So, I, race. Go ahead. No, I think it was Ellie. Ellie, you can go. You can go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I oh. I was seeing that they like fab. This was like a fabled game for like 19 years that people knew back then. In like when was it? Like 2002 that there was going to be a new Metroid 2D game called Metroid Dread, and people had been like kind of talking about it for since since then, since like 2002. Yeah. So and that's oh, kind of like the the, the juice on it. Yeah, in 05, uh, it first appeared on an internal Nintendo software list. In 06, uh, it were, uh, appeared as a release date in official Nintendo magazine. Uh, you know, there was even a reference to it in Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, and then it just dropped off the face of the world. Uh, in 08, I believe they said um, they were no longer... Uh, it was no longer in like development. There's, no, in twenty ten they confirmed that it was just starting from scratch. If they were ever to return from it, to it, and so they actually put like the five. Was it Metroid Five? They put so yeah, yeah. So that's when the trailer, when the video started up. It said Metroid Five to open up, and then dropped the Metroid Dread name towards the end. I will say what I find interesting about this one is the tone of it seems to be more horror and the actual enemy kind of reminds me of something you would see in Resident Evil from Nemesis or Tyrant where at some point you won't be able to deal with it early on and it will be just chasing you around and running is your best option. Um, yeah, they did show a lot of it. I don't know if you watched the Treehouse stream after, but they showed quite a bit of this game. It seems like you can get like this powered up charge beam to kill like one of those things that are chasing you they like open up a pathway but it's like it's pretty much limited um until you like get that like it's like a one-time use type deal right yeah and so no i mean i'm excited i like i like metroidvanias mm -hmm. and if this one plays well i will say that i think the art style is kind of boring especially considering what we've gotten recently out of this genre I think and so yeah I think it works better in the like 
on a 3DS yeah. or a, a DS or a Game yeah. Boy Advance. Like, well, like a Fusion yeah. looks fantastic, but like I think when yeah. you, like it, it's kind of plain for the space aesthetic. Right. There. Yeah. No, there's something about. I think it's something about how clean all the edges are, mm-hmm. and it does. It just, it. I don't know. It kind of looks boring and empty, honestly. Yeah. I, there's a lot of indie games with a lot more atmosphere than this yeah. game. Yeah. You know, like even when you look at uh, Hollow Knight, right? Like, yeah. you can't. It's 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 Hollow Knight's an indie game, and it just looks like there's significantly Spewing. better understanding of like yeah, of of. Yeah characters and lighting and environment and everything like that so yeah this 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 game kind of feels like it lacks an identity actually is what the art style reminds me of it just kind of feels like the most corporate art style you could go with anemic and so do you remember bloodstained when they put out that first demo for it and everyone tore it apart for how bad the art looked like Mm -hmm. that that's that's kind of the vibe i'm getting off of this but the gameplay here looks great like i, I could see myself yeah. enjoying my time with this but i 100 percent agree with you guys on the art yeah so at the end of the day gameplay is king yeah. yeah and so i will i will give this game a shot and, and play it and see how it does and excuse the art style maybe it's one of those things that grows on you right um but that being said i do think that that was a pretty nice surprise and the fact that it comes out this year i mean it has to with an announcement like this considering how long people have been waiting for an update on metroid prime 4 it kind of had to come out quickly right you can't you can't <laughs> could you imagine they announced it for like 2022 and then like you get to next year and you don't hear about it <laughs> yeah right no i mean i if they didn't if this wasn't coming out like this year then metroid if they were like this comes out in 2022 the metroid prime 4 doesn't exist like i don't care what anybody says it just does not exist um, the other big surprise, and I already talked about WarriorWare. It seems like I'm the one that's most excited about that. Uh, so um, I played it on GameCube, I want to say, and yeah, maybe I don't get it. But they're like micro mini games. And yeah, yeah, they're like micro games. It's like two second mini games, and it's really just about responding as fast as possible. And they're just silly. I mean, it's not like yeah, you can see the trailer right here. Like that's it's really simple <laughs> controls and it's just a it's one of those things and they speed up too so what it is it's kind of like it's kind of like mario party except condensed and sped up you know and so you get the kind of this mario party on speed they're like they're like brain teasers yeah. they're, they're meant to be just like here's a situation you have four seconds to figure out exactly where you are and to figure out how to solve yeah. it too yep yep and so and they, no i am super excited yeah, I'm going to dominate and embarrass my daughter. This is going to be great. <laughs> uh, so the other thing that we should talk about, and I think the pe- thing that people are really excited about that I just have no nostalgia for and could not care less is this Advance Wars remake. Mm. You crazy. Uh, I, I just don't have the nostalgia for it. I, th- I think I played one of them, and I like these type of games actually normally. My problem, though, is that because I don't have the nostalgia for this, this art style is trash. It is. Yeah, I, yeah, it is. It is like the original's a lot better. Yeah, this is this is like Playmobil. Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent is. It is straight up. Yeah, I, I don't know why they didn't keep it like the original. Like you're right, it, it is 
like I love the gameplay, but the new look and feel here, it wasn't needed. You could have kept the pixelatedness of the Game Boy Advance. The games were solid as is. Um, I mean, depending on how this reviews and if there's anything new added or whatnot, um, I might just end up replaying one and two on the analog pocket when that releases later this year. I, yeah, I have no idea what they were thinking with this art style, especially because, like you said, the original art style today looks significantly better than whatever this you know, is. You know what this is? You know how they... You could have just you could have just ported it without doing anything to it, I bet you, and it would have been a better experience. You know like how they read the that first Pokemon movie, but they made it all 3D? Yeah. yeah. I do remember that. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like that's what they did, and like it, and it just like, sure, maybe kids today might like that, but the old art style is still the best. Uh, yeah, no. It's frustrating. Yeah, like... I might just end up picking this up because I love Advance Wars and it's the perfect on-the-go game. Um, but yeah, this launch is December 3rd. Um, let's see. But like, I feel like there's a lot coming out at the end of this year and maybe I don't need to pick this up. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that being said, also, the one thing that can't be understated is the fact that the Switch, besides being a home console, is the only handheld in game in the game right now, you know? Uh, I mean, you can, I, guess, I guess mobile yeah. is when you can play all the Final Fantasy <laughs> pixel remasters on it uh, on your cell phone. But the fact that you could play this on a flight and the world is getting back to normal, yeah. so we are going to be flying more, hopefully. And so, yeah, there's a ton coming out this holiday. But this could still find an audience. Yeah. I mean, this art style is so bad. It is. It's so bad. You, it's funny. You said like I keep uh, staring at this trailer. And <laughs> you, oh, this is a treehouse uh, stream. Uh, so this is where they were playing. Oh, okay. I figured to show more of the actual gameplay. Uh, it, it's funny. Like you said, on a plane. But like when I go to my in-laws, I don't even grab my Switch anymore. I grab the backbone because I can just stream my consoles. Yeah. It's it's it, it's really weird. Like I had Dragon Quest Eleven on the Switch, uh, but I ended up playing it on Xbox and PC and streamed it when I was out of the house because the visual quality was a lot better. Like, I know we didn't get the Switch Pro this year, but I would like better graphics out of that Switch. All right, so what was your final most anticipated or biggest surprise out of the Nintendo conference? Uh, Bilal? Oof. Can we not start with me? I just need that. Yeah, sure. Like I said, WarioWare is the one I'm most excited about. And the, the biggest surprise for me would be that Metroid Dread trailer. The fact that it's coming out so soon, which is a trend that I am more than happy with. Like Guardians of the Galaxy doing that, Forza doing that, and Metroid Dread doing that. Just being like, hey, this is the first time we're showing it, and it comes out this year when I didn't expect it. Like more of that would be fantastic. Uh, what about you, Ali? Anything out of here, out of this, speak to you? Hands down, I'm not even kidding. Mario Golf. I will host all of you guys. You will. I, I think I see the vision a million percent when they when they decide to make this game. I played Mario Golf 64 like a stupid amount of times, and this just like I can tell how much of a fun ass party game this is going to be. Um, oh. I, yeah. I was going to say, Rob and I have already been talking about how we're going to set up a stream for Mario Golf. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And at, like, 
if you guys are down, we can do a four-person oh. stream. I'm, I'm just I'm, like I'm in. speed golf, I'm in. battle golf, <laughs> and like. Hey, if, if if we're doing that, we're doing side bets. I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. We're doing a dollar a dollar a hole. <laughs> Done. Speed <laughs> but, golf only. Speed oh, golf only. Long trailer. Yeah. So the yeah. only oh. the other game that I don't know if you got to talk about is uh, Astria Ascending. Did you see that? Comment scroll mm-hmm. down. So that uh, technically is a Square Enix game. Uh, it's it? made by like uh, Final Fantasy staff and everything like that. So this trailer isn't that good. There's another trailer that came out a couple months ago. And there is something to this game that's a little bit, you know, Odin Sphere? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, they did that. Oh, what was the other one from that studio? Valhalla. Yeah, the one with the, with the Dragon Crown? Dragon Crown, yeah. It's yeah, Dragon Crown, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so this is kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Plus, it has like that kind of like Ivalice feel. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So you have these Final Fantasy alumni the making 12, this game. Yeah. That's like it's like turn based, but it also has like the side scroller thing to it too. So I think this is like a weird game that might be awesome, right? And there actually is characters in this compared to like Final Fantasy Origins. So uh, I think this is something that I'm I'm gonna pay attention to. Uh, end of September, I think that's when it's coming out. And the last game that I really want to see in Nintendo that wasn't here was was Triangle Strategy, which I'm like dying to see more of because that's I don't know if you guys have heard of that game. It came out. Yeah. They announced it with like a demo in like February, right? So yeah. that's oh man, I can't wait for that. And I know that's going to be another game. That's the Same new thing. tactics. Yeah. One from the Octopath Studio. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, that one, I think it's. I man, I'm hoping we hear about it next year. I think it's still a bit yeah. early, but like I think they did the same thing with Oct- maybe they did the same thing with Octopath, where they released it, uh, a, a demo early, got feedback, and then refined. Yeah. Uh, I I just hope they concentrate on story this time because one of my biggest criticisms with Octopath Traveler was they did eight separate stories, none of it interconnected, yeah. and it was just like. You had to play through everybody to get back to that one character to get their second part of their story. And like, I ended up dropping it. It had a fantastic battle system, but um, the story was not enough to carry me through. What, and that's what I want out of RPG, a solid story. All right, Race, what about you? What are you most looking forward to out of Nintendo? Um, this is tough. This one's like kind of all over the place, but I think Shin Megami Tensei I'm most excited for. I, like... I've never played any of the series, but it almost seems like a reskinned Persona in some ways of like capturing and negotiating oh, with like the it, enemy it, and things like that. Velaz going to say Persona's a reskinned Shin Megami. Yeah, no, okay. Persona's a spinoff of Shin Megami. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't have that yeah. history, yeah. so forgive me. But yeah. but I am I am curious yeah. to it. Like people, no, 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 you're people, fine. people love this series, so like I kind of want to get the understanding of what's up here, and so I'm I'm pretty excited to to give it a shot. Like I know I'll give it the the shot that it deserves, um, and then also stupidly excited for Mario Golf as well because I want to play a speed golf with like four people in the house screaming at one another. Um, oh, you're definitely coming over. Or I'm yeah, coming over there, and exactly. it's definitely gonna happen. Um, Hard. That's and, and Metroid, yeah. And that's <laughs> online, right? <laughs> what does I feel like Nintendo? Yeah, does. Sure, <laughs> but it's Nintendo online. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah, just to quickly touch upon um, yeah. uh, the Mario Golf stuff, like 
I know they like we knew about speed golf, but I think like the battle golf stuff was new. That looked really cool too. Uh, which 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 looked really fun. Like you, you put across a uh, battlefield and get to uh, get three flags before anybody else, and then the mm. golf adventure, which sounds like it's right up my alley with RPG yeah. elements. Oh yeah, yeah, it looks it looks awesome. I think. All right, so Bilal, everything you... about this game is gonna hit. It like gives me old Mario Tennis vibes yeah, where there's like the adventure mode, there's like the crazy arcadey parts of it, and like I don't know. I think it's gonna be super well done, so I don't know. I think it's let's do it. That's how many days? Uh, uh nine, nine days? days. Nine days. Yep. So I, I think uh I think this is Camelot, right? Camelot software. Camelot software does like all the like the random uh, Nintendo sports games, and they also made. Have you guys ever heard of this game called Shining Force? Yes, that's a throwback. Shining Force Two is like my favorite game of all time, of like all, 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 all time, number <laughs> one. And so, like, I follow Camelot, and on top of that, like, I'm seeing all the turn-based strategy stuff get a resurgence because of uh, Fire Emblem, and I'm just like Camelot, like, just I'm just gonna give you money, just please make Shining Force Four. Because that's the game that I've been waiting for like 25 years to play. Well, it, it's funny. Like I just pulled up the wiki of developed games. It's just, it's like Shining Force, and then it slowly yeah. turns into Mario Golf. Yeah, Mario yeah, Tennis, yeah. Mario yeah. Golf, oh. Golden yep. Sun. Oh my God! Get them to yeah, do another do Golden, Golden Sun. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I would die for another Golden Sun too. God, they they've done so many Mario Tennis and golf games. If I if I recall, I think th- I think this Mario Golf was, is them just being. I, I don't know where I read this, but I read somewhere where they're just like, okay, we we're doing Mario Golf, and then we're gonna go back to like other shit. I th- I, I think that's a rumor that I heard. But if that's the case, then yeah, then then you can start thinking about Golden Sun again, and uh, and hopefully Shining Force because oh my god, uh, I, there's a lot I would do for a new Shining Force game. I would do, yeah, I would love another Golden Sun. Those games were yeah. fantastic. Um, so do RPGs again. Camelot. All right, so Bilal, you've had enough time. Okay. Um, is- so as Race said earlier, Shin Megami Tensei uh, 5 for sure, because a darker um, post-apocalyptic persona. Why not? <laughs> um, uh, Breath of the Wild looks great. I think... Fatal Frame has always been a fun franchise for the scares, going around taking photographs of ghosts. Uh, I do believe this is not only a Switch game. I, I think this is also coming to Xbox and PlayStation. Um, so maybe it won't play this one on the Switch, but uh, definitely check it out on uh, with better graphics somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, Metroid Dread uh, was right up there. Uh, Skyward Sword, I'm excited to play for the first time. Uh, at the end of the day, and that, yeah, that sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, looks good. Uh, they seem to be expanding a lot with uh, Age of Calamity with that DLC, but that's a game that does not run well, Hyrule Warriors. Um, uh, so, as much as I would like to get more lore for Breath of the Wild, I don't know if I want to sit through all that. Um, other than other right. than that, right. I think uh, the one that will be played the most in my household yeah. is my, my party superstars. Uh, I love first of all, I love that you say other than that, and you've listed I like know. half the lineup. <laughs> that, that's hey, I'm excited for Nintendo. You know, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, but like 
uh, we played a shitload of Mario Party, Super Mario Party, when it came out on the Switch, and like those maps got old. There was no dual system. The stars cost too little, uh, and they finally added online play like a few months ago. So I think probably this game's the reason they did that. But like a lot of these mini games, like Race had an N64, uh, him and his brother, and we would play the Mario Party two or three. I forgot which one it was. And those mini games are great. The boards are great, um, and like a lot of the features that were there um, were a lot of fun. And so I'm just excited for like a better Mario Party with online play. I love that you can tell that Blah was too focused on producing this show to actually listen to what I was saying while I was talking about Mario Party. And when I said exactly that they just added that multi online multiplayer to the last release <laughs> and how that was a test bed for this one. And then he comes out and repeats the exact listen. same thing as if he came up with it. Listen, it's hard multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no worries. It's, it's, hey, listen, it's eighty degrees. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't eat these Twizzlers and listen to you talk at the same time. So I can't imagine trying to run this show. Yeah. Uh, all right. So ready to wrap all this up? Um, right now. Can I just give one I want shout give out? Um, shout out to CBR Comic Book Resources for putting together articles that compiled all like every the list of like what happened in all the shows in chronological chronological order. You think it'd be more readily available? It's not. So thank you, CPR. Yeah, definitely. We relied on that as a resource for this podcast. So that being said, I need everybody's top three from E3 that we've discussed. All right. You couldn't tell us this before we started? (laughs) No, come on. Just go with your gut right now. If I said, hey, you could have these three games tomorrow, what would they be? I mean, for me... Yeah, for me, I mean, I'll just go. I'll tell you right now. Uh, give me Halo. Give me Redfall. Give me Riders Republic. Give me those three right wow. now. Like that's what my gut says, you know. And I don't even, I don't even think those are necessarily the the three best games, you know. Obviously, because we haven't seen anything out of Redfall. But if you said I could play these games tomorrow, those are the three I want. I want Halo. I want Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. I want Starfield, even though we don't know much about it. I just like the look and feel and how it made me feel. So I, I, I yeah. love space exploration. So that one just feels right up my alley. All right, Race. What about you? Um, Elden Ring, number one. Oh. I, would, I, would, I was going to say. I was going to say. Yeah, I was like, you fool. You tossed that third one. <laughs> um, yeah. Number two will be Elden Ring, and number three will be Elden Ring. No, um... Number two would be um, replaced again. Like, yeah, I don't know that for some reason that that trailer hit. Um, so that's number two, and number three is so tough. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go Riders Republic just because like I need something crazy and fun and also like an extreme sports game because it's I don't know when the Hellscape Four will ever ever come out. But EA has their uh, conference thingy way late, so maybe then, but who, who knows? I would like to replace Shin Megami Tensei with Elden Ring, if that's allowed. <laughs> no, too late, Blah. Yeah, fine, that's allowed. <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, listen, it wasn't it wasn't your gut, so is that really what listen, you want? Uh, my brain's melting. This is the longest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> By <Yeah>. half. <laughs> All right, I'll be quick. Elden Ring, obviously. Just, like, it has to be yeah. Elden Ring. 
uh, two uh, replaced, same reasons. It's just like, I got to mm. see how one of these games finally play. Yeah. And then three, Astria Ascending. I, I want to know if, it, like, something, some part of me says it's going to be an amazing game. Um, and it, it's just kind of like sleeping under these. I mean, it, it's a sleeper hit for sure, but I, I just want to know what this game is going to be like because it seems like a passion project by X Final Fantasy. Uh, so we'll get Psychonauts soon enough. I don't got to put that on. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. And I, I mean, that game definitely looks cool. What, you, someone mentioned, oh, Balaha mentioned that that they had done Dragon's Crown, and that's exactly what like that art style reminds me of is Dragon's Crown. Obviously. <laughs> Dragon's Crown is also infamous for having certain character models being uh, out of control. But I mean, it's in this trailer as well. Like, it's, I, it, uh, oh, is yeah. it? I didn't, I didn't even. It's not the that. same studio. Oh, okay, well. It's just like similarly. Right, themed. it's similar, yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. He mentioned it looking and having that art style of Dragon's Crown. That's what it reminded me of. And uh, and I so I think the art looks great. And uh, honestly, great art gets me already yeah. in the door. Yeah, um, great art. Sorry, I'm not I'm not I'm not watching I'm not watching this this stream. Okay, yeah, that's okay, fine. <laughs> there right. you go. That's still not as bad as that's still yeah. not as bad as Dragon's right, Crown. Right, right. Dragon's Crown was insane. Uh um Also Aid and Chronicle. I just need to play that game. Yes. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. You know, I I think like coming out of this E three, I realized maybe I should have waited another year or two before having a kid. <laughs> but but there's always gonna be more games. Um, yeah, Rob, I don't know how you did it when <laughs> yeah. your kids were born, but it's gonna. I don't know how I'm gonna fit video games into my life. You'll you'll figure it yeah. out the same way you figure out how to care for a living being. You just you figure it out. <laughs> Got it. So don't don't stress too much about that. Uh, and that about that about wraps it up for this insanely long episode yeah. of the WorkPrints games cast thank you guys so much for being on and sitting and talking with me for i can't believe that counter says over three hours yeah I'm, I'm uh below <laughs> yeah below where can uh people follow you and find yeah, you Yeah, you can follow me at below underscore mia on twitter um night mystic on over at twitch yeah that's it <laughs> Okay. Also, you can follow the work print yeah, at the work print the across all social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, race. Where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me at race.png on Instagram and race underscore png on Twitter. Okay. You can follow me at sunnyvice20 s u n n y v i c e two zero Instagram, Twitter, pretty much everywhere, and my Twitch channel. And then Ali, as the guest, you get final plug. Where can people follow you and keep in touch with what you're doing? I want to plug Race's TikTok because I don't know why he didn't mention that. <laughs> uh, he doesn't like to talk about it, but he's TikTok famous for all his illustrations. I don't really, I'm a photographer, but you can follow me on Instagram. Yeah, okay, Ali. I don't do too much publishing anymore, so I would like to reiterate follow Race on TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah, but Race, what, what is your TikTok? It's been a minute. I think it's the same. It's race.png, uh, R-A-I-S.png. It's been quite a while since I've posted, but maybe maybe soon. It's I think a, that, that might be the... It's just him doing shirtless needed. dances. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, it's, it's actually him doing a bunch of anime drawings, which and everybody always talks about his line work and his pens mm-hmm. and markers. And I'm just like, I'm like, God damn. It's so clean. Better than better than the official stuff that you that you see. 
Thank you, thank you. All right, Rob. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, finally, you guys can always follow the work print at the work print on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook. Um, Rob, not Rob, uh, Christian and Nicole just did a, a podcast called on Trez. I think it's what it's called. Uh, Filipino, a uh, Philippines-based anime. Um, both of them are Filipino, so they gave their thoughts on that. Um, and then uh, you know we got coverage of Loki, also on the website. So definitely oh. check that out. Yeah, and make sure to have your notifications on for this channel, where besides doing this podcast, Bilal and I are working out to kind of stream some more, and I'll be appearing on this channel, actually doing game streaming more often, like I did last night, and seeing if we can get a couple more people kind of in and out and so that, that we can hopefully have somewhat regular content and it's just not a once a week thing as far as this stream is going up um and this channel lighting up especially since it looks like we are actually going to hit that affiliate status this month and so then the road to partnership begins right after that but once again thank you guys so much for joining thank you for the people watching and hanging out for as long as you have i'm so impressed and and grateful for you guys and until next time Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm here Bye. to kill chaos.